0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Sunday, January 24th, 2024. It is. And we are tardy because last night we had a party with Jesus. We did. It was pretty powerful. Five and a half hours again. I don't... It went by so quick. (laughs) So fast, five and a half hours. Yeah. I want to know if you guys were there. For those of you that don't know, we had a little online revival... Open Zoom, no trolls from MI5, MI6. I I missed them. You did. I did. I truly did. You were really sad that they weren't there. I was. (laughs) But I have to tell you, man, that last night was, when you say it went by really fast, that's kind of an understatement. It was so powerful. The prayer requests that were brought, mm-hmm. the praise, the words from God that were delivered. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, you know, you had mentioned something last night that these this winter storm that started last week, we did it five and a half hours. Yeah. That means we've done 11 hours so far. Five and a half hours last Saturday night. Yeah. And then five and a half hours last night. Yeah. Um, and this storm that has taken over the entire nation killed 58 people. This is yeah. nothing to yeah. laugh at. This is nothing mm-hmm. to kind of, oh, it's no big deal. So we had mm-hmm. titled it Praying Through the Storm, and it yeah. was literally kind of like seven days of doing that, culminating mm-hmm. like bookends. Now, the reason why we did this to start with was because we had scheduled the Dan Patch revival for the 13th, which was yeah. last Saturday. Right, right. Then we rescheduled it for last night and canceled that in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. Not, we kind of knew going into it we weren't going to to do it, but we were like kind of hoping against right. hope. Leah can't figure out how to mute her laptop. If anybody can Google how, why is my sound con- why are my oh, sound controls not coming up? This um, <laughs> is every time she brings up a link, she has to mute the video. But uh, the I Dan Patch revival turn it down. has been moved, and I mentioned this the other day. Um, let me throw this up here. What's wrong with your internet?s It's not working. Well, I'm just not. I see that. Don't worry. I still got. I'll fix it in a minute. Wi Fi is working. The Dan Patch revival is now going to take place February tenth, so a few Saturdays from now, in Oxford, Indiana. So if you guys want to join us in person, if you need a touch of God, a move of God, you just want to be encouraged, lifted up, surrounded by believers. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, um, or you are looking or seeking for just to kind of level up with the Lord. You need healing, you need deliverance, you know someone who does. <laughs> we want you guys to be there. So all of the information is on resistancechicks.com. Click on the banner in the upper right-hand corner that says Dan Patch Revival. Here's the website right here, right there in the upper right-hand corner. Click on this, um, Dan Patch Revival. Boom, I just did it. There's our show and event calendar. Um, that's last night. I've got to switch that, but let's keep on going down here. See what I did there with the Zoom link and the the, the password that's what I did there. So we're going to keep doing that from now on. Um, but here's the Dan Patch Revival information. There's hotel information there. And all updates, hmm. in case anything happens, will be right there. So I want you guys to join us February 10th, 2024, to the Dan Patch Revival in Oxford, Indiana. Okay, so this week we've seen uh, quite a, a stir happening in Davos. Yes. Javier Milei. Of Argentina goes yeah. down, and uh, and as you just saw in that clip on the intro here, kind of blows blows him out of the water. You know what? I had to bleep out at the end though. What? He he says the D A M M I T word. Okay. He ends it. <laughs> Darn it! Darn it! He ends it that way, and I cut oh it off. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! But um, I I I love that guy. I, I mean, love in, him. in in spite of his dirty potty mouth. I do too. But a lot of people in in Davos, we covered this on Friday. Friday show, went and kind of stirred some things up, stirred the pot. The guy from the Heritage Foundation, yes, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, yes, that guy. <laughs> stop making fun of Trump supporters with their beer, their Bibles, and their guns. Do you have the clip that Mom sent um, from Ezra Levant? Which one? You don't have it. I can bring it up. Ezra, I have an Ezra clip in my in the message. So that Ezra we're about? Levant goes and he writes a letter to the World Economic Forum and he's like, listen, guys, we're gonna be here anyway. Uh-huh. Maybe you could just send out one of your spin doctors to talk to us. Like just okay. let kind of let us in. We're here. We're knocking on the Davos door. We're we're, we're Rebel News. We're knocking on the Davos door. Can you just please let us in? I don't care if you send us a spin doctor. Just send us somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, he says maybe in this letter, maybe we don't have all of the information. You know, there is another side, and maybe there's a third side. Send us somebody. Show us what you got. They get nothing. Okay. No response, but he still goes. Okay. Right. So he's walking around town, and um, he's—is this the one with Alex Jones? No. No. Okay. Keep going. It. He went around, and I guess these nations or whatever rent out storefronts, and there are dancers, and he's like walking around. Oh, I saw that that? one with the Colombians. And the Colombians are literally dancing, and and Patriot Gallery and I were watching it last night, and it was so fun. That she sent it to you, and I wanted to grab it so that I could play it for you guys. I'll find it. Um, I know where to find it, and we'll we'll pull that up for a little commercial break. It's just funny. But, you know, all of these elites going to Davos, the crack in the dam is spreading. It is. And I find it really encouraging, actually, that it is spreading. Their whole house of cards is about to collapse, and I Mm -hmm. think... That that was really evidenced mm-hmm. this past trip to Davos. Yeah, I think you could see that. And, and Scott Kester's was talking about this last night. He's talked about it on his shows recently. They are losing. Mm-hmm. They're they're not they're not able to hold it together anymore. And 2020 yeah. was the evidence of that. Like yeah. truly, they had this giant plan. Yes, they executed it. To a degree, Mm -hmm. but they had to fast forward it and too many of us woke up. I don't think they anticipated as many of us waking up as as we did. Because now look, like they literally, and I mean this truly, they will never be able to institute a mask mandate again Mm -hmm. because no one, not no one, actually there will be a lot of people that would comply, but enough of us would not comply Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't work. Yeah, I think the best way to start out this entire show is if you bring up this uh, Javier Melee clip. It's like uh, six in. I'm going to listen to a lot of it. We might uh, do a little skipping. It's 23 minutes long. Oh, my gosh. But it's worth listening to. And and guys, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Somebody took uh, an AI so that it's it's voice so we don't have to read the... um, It's his voice? The subtitles? I don't know if it's really his voice, though. I mean... No, they put it in his voice through AI. I know, but that's like... It can't be that good. It's really good. Oh, dear. Is that the one that I just played, or is it a different one? Well, did you play it in English, or did you play it It was somebody... It sounded like a voiceover, though. Because it was oh, like okay. speaking and then speaking. Okay. Yeah. No. This is him and this is his voice in his voice. Okay. Let me open all these up. Really yeah. Quick. So Javier Milei. A lot of people have been saying, you know, he's a globalist. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. He's going to Davos. They let um, a lot of people to Davos this time. And I. And here's the thing: the elites know they need to try some way to win us back nicely because they've been doing all of their stuff secretly. Yeah. Um. With just like kind of an Alex Jones microscope on them and they don't mind that okay when the whole world is looking at you as a bad guy you've got to reevaluate behind the scenes and you've got to recognize Mm -hmm. that there are other people beyond you on the right and so they bring the heritage guy in Mm -hmm. but then the heritage guy land blasts them and so here they are it's kind of like if Clay Clark were to bring in like Hillary Clinton right Mm -hmm. And then Hillary Clinton blasts them, blast all the conservatives while they're there, right? Right. You don't do it because you only invite your friends to these places. Yeah. But you recognize that half the world, actually three quarters of the world, hates your guts.
2: Yeah.
1: And because they're finding out who you are and what your control agenda is, and so somehow you have to find a way to keep the find a way to keep the plebes under control. So you invite them to your show. Well, here's the funny thing, um, Javier Merle tweeted out a babylon b article about him okay so this is the world that we live in and i don't even know what kind of world it is where this guy the president of argentina yeah is reading babylon b i love it now if i am babylon (laughs) b i am losing it right now i am absolutely losing it right now because uh, on my Twitter, I've just tweeted mm. this out. You guys can follow me on Resistance Chicks. I don't have a little blue check marking thing. Uh, I, I'm definitely a shadow banned. Well, um, it's Leah Svensson. You can follow... Well, I have... It's You can find me on Resistance Chicks or at Leah Svensson. Right. So, this today came up in my feed. And you have a little fuzzy, right? I think it's attached. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's not even mine. That it looks like a little dog, dog hair. hair. So, this is from the Babylon Bee. Yes. <clears throat> America decides to cancel election and just draft that Argentina guy for president. Oh, I love that. And so Javier Milei retweeted this. <laughs> okay? And that's I don't want to see if he said anything about it. He goes, no, he just he just retweets it. It's, it's hilarious. So, after a lengthy survey of the political this landscape. This is a s- uh, sarcasm, by the if way. If you don't know what the Babylon B is, you don't belong to listen to our channel. Leah, that's mean. Leah. It's not mean. It's true. C- Babylon Bee nice. If you don't know Babylon <laughs> Bee... It's like, you don't know Coke versus Pepsi. Okay, the United oh, States has decided to cancel the 2024 presidential election. It's kind of like, I don't need to give a qualifier. I shouldn't need to give a qualifier to the Babylon B. It's like, they have, uh, uh, on bags, don't put over baby's head. Those are things <laughs> that you should know. Okay? <laughs> Ruins the joke. I'm sorry, did I ruin it? No, it's fine. Okay. The uh, United States has decided to cancel the 2024 presidential election and simply draft that Argentina guy to be America's president. It's really a no-brainer, said Pennsylvania native Matthew Stanton, <laughs> that Argentina guy is young, has amazing hair, and eliminated a dozen government agencies on his first day in office. He's the complete package. The Argentina man in question is currently serving as the president of Argentina, having been elected to, to a four-year term. However, that Ameri- has not dissuaded Americans from deciding to forcibly draft him to become the American president. There's not much I want from my leader, said Texas man Brian Dean. All I'm looking for is a guy that will ruthlessly shrink the government's power, then travel across the world just to make fun of the weirdos at the World (laughs) Economic Forum. That's all I need, and that Argentina guy has it. Wow. Americans decided on the drastic course of action after spending the past year fastidiously observing the smoldering ruins of both the Republican and Democrat parties. It's time to move on, said Georgia woman. Half of uh, America... Uh, has already come here anyway. We might as well draft the Argentina guy and get something out of it.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's pretty good.
1: At publishing like time, legal experts have argued that the Argentina guy couldn't be president because he wasn't born in America, Barack Obama, but Barack Obama gave his assurance that it wouldn't be an issue. Oh, my gosh. That's really good. Ah! <laughs> Your laugh is what's more funny. <laughs> Give it to Babylon B to give us the answer for everything. That's great. All right. Can we play his, his speech here?
3: Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I am present to inform you that the Western world is facing a significant threat. It is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world Wait. are co-opted by a worldview.
1: But the AI didn't just do the voice. They took his voice through. Th- yeah, but his lips are speaking English. I know. I know it's creepy, just oh, listen. Oh man, I know. it's like satanic. Just play it. He's literally speaking English. Play it please.
3: That inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-intentioned desires to help others and others by the desire to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems Mm. that afflict the citizens of the world, Mm. but rather they are their cause. Mm. Trust me, there is no one better than us Argentines to provide testimony on these two issues. Mm. When we embraced freedom in 1860, in 35 years, we became the world's first dominant power. 35 years, we became the first world power. While when we embraced collectivism over the past 100 years, we saw how our citizens began to systematically impoverish themselves until they fell to the 140th position in the world. Wow. 40 in the world. But before we can have this discussion, it would be important for us to first look at the data that supports why free market capitalism is not only a possible system to end world poverty, but also the only morally desirable system Hmm. to achieve it. If we consider the history of economic progress, we can see how from year zero until around 1800, the world's per capita GDP remained practically constant throughout the reference period. If one looks at a chart of the evolution of economic growth throughout human history, one would be seeing a chart with the shape of a hockey stick, an exponential function that remained constant for 90% of the time and exponentially shoots up from the 19th century. The sole exception to this stagnant history was at the end of the 15th century with America's discovery. Except for this, from year zero to 1800, global per capita GDP remained stagnant without any significant changes. Now, not only did capitalism generate an explosion of wealth from the moment it was adopted as an economic system But if one analyzes the data, what is observed is that growth has been accelerating throughout the entire period. During the entire period between year zero and 1800, the per capita GDP growth rate remains stable at around 0.02% annually. That is practically without growth. From 19th century with industrial revolution, growth rate reaches 0.66%. Given the current rate, it would require a time span of approximately 107 years to achieve a twofold increase in per capita GDP. In 1900, 1950, growth rate rises to 1.66% annually. 150, growth rate rises to 1.36% annually. We no longer need 107 years to double per capita GDP, but 66. If we take the period between 1950 and the year 2000, we can see that the growth rate was 2.1% annually, which would mean that in just 33 years, we could double the world's per capita GDP. This trend, far from stopping, remains alive even now. If we consider the period from 2000 to 2023, the growth rate increased again at 3% per year, meaning we could double our per capita GDP globally in only 23 years. Now, when studying per capita GDP from 1800 to today, what is observed is that after the industrial revolution, global per capita GDP multiplied by more than 15 times, generating an explosion of wealth that lifted 90% of the world's population out of poverty. We must never forget that by the year 1800, about 95% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty while that number dropped to 5% by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. The conclusion is obvious. Far from being the cause of our problems, free market capitalism as an economic system is the only tool we have to end hunger, poverty, and destitution throughout the planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, as there is no doubt that free market capitalism is superior in productive terms, the left's doxa has attacked capitalism for its moral issues, for being, according to them, as its detractors say, unjust. They can-
1: Let me, just so everybody knows, because I was watching the chat, yes, they're his words. This is not an AI where they, and because I see the comment from Chris, and this is really important, AIs are showing their hand. We can no longer trust eyes, ears, voices, et cetera, online. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to confirm what's true. Yes, this video is actually, they they just took the AI and they translated his words into him speaking them in English. Yeah. However, I don't normally recommend it. You can't trust anything. No, and, and this has been, I vetted this, guys. This is already, everybody is sharing this. Javier is beyond, this is him. Right. This is behind him. Okay.
3: claim capitalism is bad because it's individualistic and collectivism is good because it's altruistic towards others. And thus they strive for social justice. But this concept that has become trendy in the developed world recently, in my country, it has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The issue is that social justice is unfair and doesn't contribute to general well-being. On the contrary, it's an inherently unfair idea, because it's violent. It's unfair because the state is financed through taxes, and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any of us confidently say that they pay taxes of their own free will? This implies that the state is funded through coercion, and that the higher the tax burden, the greater the coercion, leading to a reduction in freedom. Those who promote social justice start from the idea that the economy as a whole is a cake that can be distributed in a different way. But that cake is not given. It is wealth that is generated in what, for example, Israel Kirchner calls a market discovery process. If the good or service that a company offers is not desired, that company goes bankrupt unless it adapts to what the market is demanding create a high-quality product at a good price or attractive, succeed and produce more, so the market is a process of discovery where the capitalist finds the right direction on the go. But if the state punishes the capitalist for success and blocks him in this process, it destroys his incentives, and the consequences are that he will produce less and the cake will be smaller, generating <laughs> harm to society.
1: And I want the full cake. I want cake
3: by inhibiting discovery and hindering appropriation, ties the entrepreneur's hands, preventing him from producing better goods and offering better services at a better price. Mm. How can it be then that from academia, international orgs, politics, and econ theory, an econ system is demonized that not only has lifted 90% of the world's pop out of extreme poverty and does so increasingly faster, but is also fair and morally superior. Thanks to capitalism, the world is currently in its best moment. There has never been a moment in history with greater prosperity than the one we live in today.
1: Today's world is freer,
3: richer, more peaceful and more prosperous than ever before. Mm -hmm. This is true for everyone, but particularly for those countries that are free where they respect economic freedom and individual property rights because free countries are 12 times richer than repressed ones. Mm. Saying goes that in countries with freedom, people live better than 90% of population in repressed countries. Mm. It has 25 times fewer poor people in the standard format and 50 times fewer in the extreme format. Mm. And if that weren't enough, citizens of free countries live 25% longer than citizens of repressed countries.
4: Mm.
3: Now, in order to understand what we come to defend, It is important to define what we mean when we talk about libertarianism. To define it, I take up the words of the greatest proponent of the ideas of freedom in Argentina, Professor Alberto Venegas Lynch, who says that libertarianism is the unrestricted respect for the life project of others, Mm. based on the principle of non-aggression and in defense of the right to life, liberty and property whose fundamental institutions are
1: He's been reading a little John Locke. He's been reading and and he didn't say life liberty and what? The, the pursu- pursuit of happiness. He's reading John Locke. Yeah. I love this man. You know, just I and I say this on the show every once in a while but for people that admit that get that miss it. Okay? Our founding fathers read John Locke who said life liberty and property, mm-hmm. right? They felt like that was too limiting in your rights. So they broadened the scope mm-hmm. to the pursuit of happiness, but it includes property. And John Locke's uh, definition of property wasn't... Um, like the thing. The thing. It was your, your personage. Well, and, so, and anything that, that belongs to you, but your it intellectual was intellectual really, property. It, exactly. And so he made the argument that if somebody comes to attack your property, your body, they have forfeited their life. They have forfeited their life you have the right to take justice into your own hand the, not just to defend your life but to defend your property he wasn't the first to come up with the laws of nature and nature's god and we're actually going to talk about that in a little bit because we've got the davos guys and that yuval noah harari uh i, I have an a, a crazy clip i think i want to just play right after this because it's absolutely crazy but when you see when i hear somebody say life liberty and property i know you've read john locke I know we can have a conversation. Yeah, that's good.
3: Private property, free markets without state intervention, free competition, division of labor and social cooperation, where one can only be successful by serving others with goods of better quality at a better price. In other words, the capitalist, the successful entrepreneur is a social benefactor who contributes to the well-being of society as a whole.
1: I like that he said the In successful short, entrepreneur. a
3: successful entrepreneur is a hero. Yeah. This is the model that we are proposing for the future of Argentina, a model based on the fundamental principles of libertarianism, the defense of life, freedom, and property. Now, if free market capitalism and economic freedom have been remarkable instruments to eradicate poverty globally, and we are presently experiencing the most favorable period in human history, it is worth inquiring why I assert that the West is in jeopardy. I argue that the West is endangered as in countries defending free market, private property and other institutions of libertarianism, sectors of the political and economic establishment due to errors in their theoretical framework and ambition for power undermine libertarianism opening doors to socialism and potentially condemning us to poverty, misery and stagnation. Mm. Because it should never be observed that socialism is always and everywhere impoverishing, failed in all countries where attempted. It was a failure economically. It was a failure socially. It was a failure culturally. And it also killed more than a hundred million human beings. The main problem of the West today is that we not only have to confront those who, even after the fall of the wall and overwhelming evidence, continue to advocate for impoverishing socialism, but also our own leaders, thinkers, and academics who, sheltered in a misguided framework, undermine the foundations of the system that has given us the greatest wealth and prosperity in our history. Theoretical framework I am referring to is neoclassical economic theory, which designs an instrument unintentionally functional to the intrusion of the state, socialism, and the degradation of society. The issue with neoclassicals is that since the model they fell in love with doesn't match reality, they attribute the error to the supposed market failure instead of revising the premises of their model. On the text about a supposed market failure, regulations are introduced that only generate distortions in the price system that hinder economic calculation and consequently savings, investment and growth. This problem essentially lies in the fact that not even supposedly libertarian economists understand what the market is, Mm
2: -hmm. since
3: if it were understood, it would quickly be seen that it is impossible for there to be such a thing as a market failure. The market is not just a graphical description of a supply curve and a demand curve on a graph. The market is a mechanism of social cooperation where property rights are voluntarily exchanged. Thus, considering this definition, discussing market failure is a contradiction in terms. There is no market failure. If transactions are voluntary, the only situation in which there can be a market failure is if there is coercion present. And the only one with the ability to coerce in a generalized manner is the state that possesses the monopoly of violence. Consequently, if someone considers that there is a market failure, I would recommend that they check if there is state intervention in the middle. Mm. If no state intervention found, suggest reanalyzing as it is definitely wrong. Market failures do not exist. An example of the alleged market failures described by neoclassicals are concentrated structures in the economy. However, without functions that demonstrate increasing returns to scale, whose counterpart are the concentrated structures of the economy, we would be unable to explain the phenomenon of economic growth from 1800 to the present day.
1: I want to explain, I want to give you guys a visual of what he's talking about here. You have have a bridge,
2: Mm.
1: and it's built perfectly. I mean, it's really, really, really solid, okay? That bridge, if it's built and designed perfectly, Mm. it's not going to fail. Mm. If you set charges and blow it up, then it's going to fail, Mm. okay? So what he's essentially saying is markets don't fail. It's not it's not possible for a market to fail because the way that markets work is an ebb and a flow of what people desire and what they are willing to exchange one another with. It it does fail when you've got big bankers who are moving with money. Well, but that's what he's saying without coercion, Mm -hmm. without essentially I'll use the word fraud, fraud. Okay, so that's what happened in America with Rockefeller and without Carnegie. somebody without somebody coming in. But mm-hmm. but let's say you just you take a regular, you know, the Plymouth plantation mm-hmm. or just it, societies by themselves exactly. where free people are going to exchange just their exchanging. apples for their oranges or their gold yes. and their silver for their shoes and their, you know, yeah. all the different the blacksmith and all of that. It doesn't fail. Yeah. Because it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. The supply and demand exist. There's no it's not a thing that actually when can fail. Fraud, it's just called life. Criminal behavior. And coercion. And Coercion. Yeah, that's popped on to the to the last part of this because you guys can how, watch the rest of it. How far in do you want to go? Here? Uh, let's go to the, the the last just the last part of it. Well, let me I lost where my there we are. So like right here? Yeah, right there. There we go. Going
3: through this. Because as I said before, since we decided to abandon the model of freedom that had made us rich, we are trapped in a downward spiral where we are getting poorer every day. Mm. This is, we have already experienced it ourselves, and we are here to warn you about what can happen if Western countries who became rich with the model of freedom continue on this path of servitude. The Argentine case is the empirical proof that regardless of wealth, natural resources, population capability, education level, or the amount of gold bars in the central bank's coffers, these factors do not guarantee success. If measures are adopted that hinder the free functioning of markets, free competition, free price systems, if trade is hindered, if private property is attacked, The only possible destination is poverty. Mm. To summarize, I want to convey a message to all entrepreneurs present and those who are not, but are following us from around the globe, whether they're here or not, physically. Don't be intimidated by the political caste or the parasites who live off the state. Don't yield to a political class that only wants to prolong its power and preserve its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary era of prosperity we have ever experienced. Don't let anyone say ambition is immoral. If you earn money, it's because you provide a superior product, better price, contributing to well-being. Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story and know that from today you have Argentina as an unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long life freedom, Damn it!
1: <laughs> That's how he ended it. That was how he ended it. Yes. That was how he ended it. You know, um, Michelle, I, I don't know if you can bring up these tweets that I just brought up or if you can scroll through my uh, profile for, 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 I want you to see, find, find me. Uh, that you've all Noah Harari uh, from a TED talk. He is a vegan, by the way, who says that factory farming is the most inhumane thing that you can do and that animals have feelings. I have never in my life <clears throat> actually <clears throat> heard somebody quantify this level of stupidity. And put it into words. This is a word salad of insanity. Like, this is what... And he must have read... And we, if you guys were on our... Um, he must have read stuff from the uh, Sikhist guys. These people, the education uh, pedophiles, basically. The <laughs> secular humanists who basically say, there's no God, let's get rid of all God. But when you go to no God, you literally go to insanity. And this is a level of insanity that I have...
5: I I just don't understand. Many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it. But it's just a story. It's not a reality. It is not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, Homo sapiens have no rights also. Okay. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood, no rights and you find you. the heart and lungs and kidneys, you but you don't find there any rights, just bloody the mess. only place you find rights is in the fictional stories Fiction. that humans have invented and spread humans around. Invented. And the same thing is also true in the political field. Mm, States and nations are also, like human rights, and like God, and like heaven, they too are are, are just stories. A mountain is is a reality. You can see it, you can touch it, you can even smell it. But Israel or the United States, they are just stories, very powerful stories, stories we might want to believe very much, but still they are just stories. You can't really see the united states you cannot touch it you cannot smell it
1: so can i, I just i just my first thought is <clears throat> you can't see a marriage you can't see a contract right you can't see a will wait yes you can see america we wrote contracts we signed them it was the declaration of independence you the like, literal men Got into a room and wrote the deck and signed the Declaration of Independence and they wrote and signed the Constitution. You know what I love about this, though, is that it's all fine and good for somebody like this guy to tout these things. And Instead, we've seen this in the past. It's literal fiction. Fiction means made up. But what here's no, no, no. This is really important because as soon as his rights are trampled on. Oh, yeah. They call the police. You don't own a car right so if, that's not if, if your someone car has robbed you that money is fiction the yes. thing that you bought that car it's mine now it is mine i could just take whatever exactly I want. It's because fiction you don't have that you any own that car. well i actually took money and i bought that car i own it no you don't right that's like saying america to say and so america not have- our countries are fiction no people literally historically fought and died and took if i come and take something from you like land so fiction, land ownership is fiction, right? But that's you know, at the very basis. We have to go back to John Locke. This is beautiful because we were just talking exactly. t- about Melee. I thought these fit together. Who says you know the right to life, liberty, and property? Fiction, which is your personage. Mm-hmm. Okay, fiction. These are the reason why we they're inalienable mm-hmm. is because inside of all of us, it's inside of every human being that ever lives. There are um, instinctual rights that we know that we have. Well, he says, it's and the in- right to life. What does inhumane mean then? He says that 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 uh, factory farming is inhumane. What does right. it mean to be inhumane? That's right. a fictional statement. So if somebody That's fiction, here's the thing, you've made it up to be inhumane. What do you know about being inhumane? So someone comes to you, all know a Harari, yeah. and they and they kill him. and They mm-hmm. take his life. Mm-hmm. According to him, he doesn't have a right to that life. Right. Right, because right to if life. you don't have any rights, right. then you don't even have a right to live. And, and but he actually believes this. know uh, Noah Harari is a satanic ideologue. But okay? he does it because he says that it's inhumane to but, eat animals. But but he does. So it's yes and no, right? He is talking at, at the very basic of his mouth. At the very basis of what he's saying, he really does. He believes it with humans, but not with animals. He believes it. What does it mean to be inhumane? Right, that is a fictional statement. But but let me point out why. What does it mean to be in lion? Why he believes this? You know, he believes this because this is where you get population control. Right, because you do not have the right to life. Mm-hmm. You do not have the right to be alive. Mm-hmm. So we, therefore, have the right to kill you, sterilize you, to Population. sterilize you. And exactly. that's what we're, the, the secular humanists, uh, as I'm reading in this this book that we want to get republished and we're going to hopefully have some people on to talk about. back in the day in the in the in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the communists were on this and and they would say, um, you know, what? internationally, what do humanists do? Nationalism, rooted as it is in the arbitrary geo- geopolitical units, must be superseded by a globalism based on the oneness of man. There must be a worldwide organization to which national sovereignty could be relinquished in all international affairs. That's what he's trying to get to. The right. UN has the potential to be effective, but it cannot achieve the goal and vision here until all peoples of the world are represented. That is from the Humanist magazine 1966. Uh, these people believe in in one world, one race, one everything and yeah. they want to homogenize everything and they also want they want population control where they will come, you don't have a right to have children, right? You don't have a right to get married. and that's what that's it's a communist mindset, 100%. And, Let me read a couple of comments here. Um, let's see. Um, They are lazy freaks because it belongs to the collective, i.e. communism. Mm -hmm. Exactly. James says he's a servant of the devil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. America of the founders was based on people working hard and establishing a functional nation. This is not communism. All right. Can we play this Alex Soros clip? He, uh, he's worried about Donald Trump coming back again. Okay. Because he says- You know, um,
6: you know we just heard this, this, this point about untrustworthy people and we talked about things in the United States, like, you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so, um,
7: you know, so, um, you know, but- Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again?
5: I, I think it's very likely. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order.
8: I was afraid for my own well-being. I thought I could wind up in Guantanamo Bay. I think I still could.
9: I mean, he's, he's, he was ranting about me
10: all last week again. He's obsessed. And
11: We joke darkly about...
1: Okay, so that is hilarious to me. They are deathly afraid of, of Donald Trump. And they they are afraid of Donald Trump in a way that they're not telling you. Let me just put it that way. Um, you just saw um, Bill Maher on there saying, oh, I'm afraid Um Matt, or Michelle, if you could bring this one up next. Yep. Um, I'm afraid that Donald Trump will put me in Guantanamo. No, you're not. You're not afraid of that. <laughs> no, it's the it's the 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 hegemony, the 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 powers that be are afraid that Donald Trump is gonna stop their little game and give power back to us, the people. That's what they're ultimately afraid of. We have here the British Chancellor Jeremy Hunt at the World Economic Forum. He says, there will be another pandemic and there will be new vaccines. And yes, you will be forced to take them and lose your freedoms. You know, they keep saying this kind of stuff. It's not true. And they know it's not true. They just want to try to, they're trying to strong-arm you you. on fire.
12: But When we have the next pandemic, we don't want to have to wait a year before we get the vaccine, and if AI can shrink the time it takes to get that vaccine mm-hmm. to to a month, then that is a massive step forward for humanity. But when we have the next pandemic, here we go. That's it. Don't oh wow!
1: When we have the next, Michelle, would you bring up um, right here uh, this uh, from Dr. Simone Godek? Simon, sorry. Uh, For years, we were laughed at and mocked as conspiracy theorists because we alerted people to the fact that the self-proclaimed global elite are planning a new world order. At this year's uh, WEF Davos Summit... um, Uh, the president of the World Economic Forum openly discusses with Joe Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, in somewhat broken language, how to shape the forthcoming new world order. And I have to tell you guys, they've been talking about a new world order since the 60s. They've been, the population control, one world, they've been trying to do it a long time.
5: We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. Ah. Uh, Do you agree with that? Or are there ways of... uh, What are we able to keep on the positive side from the old order to bring into a new world order? And how can we avoid that that new world order uh, becomes like a jungle growing back, and we rather uh, have an order based on international law and the principles that have brought us prosperity and uh, freedom uh, for decades?
7: We are,
9: you know, the post-Cold War era has come to a close. You We're at the start of something new. Things, we uh, they have the capacity. Lying.
1: They know that American people don't like New World Order. <laughs> yeah, we kind of bucket that a little <laughs> like, bit. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> nobody wants to hear New World Order, and they keep saying it. <laughs> We're between can orders. We, hey, it's like, when, it's like you're, you're the one family member. Like, could you, We talked about this. Stop saying it. No one likes it. Right? But they can't help it because they keep reading the old documents of the, uh, and of their their heroes. They have a Bible. The secular humanists have, like, these secular humanists. Like, Bible, when they go back, they keep talking about this new world order. Post-Christianity is what they want. Post-Christian order where there is no order. Yeah. Except for what they say. All right. Uh, the WF just confirmed a global CBDC. Come on, i playing. Let's try.
11: Developing. I guess through smart. technology, and ability for consumers no, to measure mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's mm-hmm. where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they mm-hmm. eating? Nice what are they consuming on mm-hmm. the platform? Mm-hmm. So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational mm-hmm. yet, but this is something that we're working on. We're developing... Through technology, and ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint.
1: Okay, there you go. What does consumers that mean? measuring that's, their own carbon footprint. Where are they footprint. traveling?
11: How are they traveling? Isn't it? Yeah. What are they yeah, eating?
1: Yeah, that was a whole clip. I'm sorry. That's that's where they want us to go. Uh, let's go to uh, the Coast guy here, Neil Oliver, talking about hypocrisy in the wings. He uh, has a, a wonderful commentary. He's done a lot of commentaries on the uh, World Economic Forum. This week the davis people basically put a um shot on their forehead not that one not yet they both saved james okay here we go i got it hypocrisy hypocrisy now i'm going to fix the volume real quick before i press play on this or we're going to blast everybody out because i have it cranked up from that last video hang on one the powerful do as they please while we pay for it And keep our mouths shut. That's a probably, that's a good way to explain what's happening.
7: Here we go. Self-anointed world leaders and CEOs, mostly traveling solo, one private jet each, high above the common herd and oblivious to our cares. It's a fitting image, hypocrisy with wings, do as I say and not as I do, them up there and us down here. Like self-styled gods, inhabitants of a new Olympus built for BlackRock, Raytheon, Google and the like. They're lethally curious about what we get up to, but utterly casual in their approach to our lives. Indeed, whether or not we have lives, oh. we're being dictated to having our futures planned for us without our consent by yes. a protected parasite class that regards the mass of the world's population with out and out contempt, dots on spreadsheets. Beware of false prophets, for they shall make money in our name." Where before there might have been a pretense that our opinions mattered, that the will of the people was sovereign, now we are shown that the powerful will do as they please while we pay for it and keep our mouths shut. The powerful declare never-ending wars, hand vast sums of our money, our money, to others of their kind to do with as they please, they tax us only to impoverish us, malign ghosts of the past. Ex-Prime Minister Tony Blair and the like plot with ghouls of the present in the World Economic Forum and elsewhere to watch us around the clock and so have the final say on everything we do and for all time as it turns out. Last week both Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Defence Secretary Grant Sharps spoke about how Britain was committed to supporting Ukraine in its war against Russia for a hundred years or more. Oh do you think so lads? Did you get that? A hundred years or more of having our pockets picked by the state and the cash invested in the military industrial complex on and on into the lifetimes of our great, great grandchildren and beyond without so much as a by your leave. Since when did prime ministers, especially unelected and unwanted prime ministers of no demonstrable ability, entitle themselves to committing tax?
1: Is that it? No, no, keep
2: going from
7: ...as yet unborn to the enabling of corrupt and spurious enterprises that might as well be promised to last forever. As I say, they regard us with utter contempt and no longer even bother to conceal the fact. We've apparently arrived at the point in time where those we did not vote for simply decide among themselves what forever will look like and then get about the business of making it so at our expense. And don't for a moment think the so-called opposition would do any different... A change of government means no change at all. Mm. Those self-appointed overlords feel no more obliged to seek our permission than to seek the go-ahead of the cattle in the fields or the stray dogs in the street. Human life has got that cheap. They give away our money for the slaughter of generations of people we will never know. The parasite class and their puppets care for us not a jot, but they fear us. We have learned by now that we are supposed to welcome a zero trust society in which we are presumed guilty of something or other until able to prove otherwise were to be imprisoned in a cage made made possible by digital IDs that, together with round-the-clock surveillance enabled by the sort of tech Rishi Sunak's billionaire father-in-law provides, the keeping of social credit scores and the programming of central bank digital currencies that will place the submissive and the unwitting into one big world-enclosing rabbit hutch. Many will have heard of the panoptic. I
1: have no idea what just happened. Oh, I do. Bit shoot
7: ...watched at all times by guards they can't see. <laughs> George Orwell had the panopticon in mind when he wrote in 1984 of an entire world turned into one dystopian hellscape of surveillance and its attendant paranoia, quote, There was, of course, no way of knowing whether you were being watched at any given moment. You had to live in the assumption that every sound you made was overheard and except in darkness, every movement scrutinised. Less well-known, perhaps, is that before finishing his design for the ultimate prison, Bentham travelled aboard a slave ship so that slavery has always been in the deepest foundations of totalitarian dreams of keeping watch over untrustworthy humankind. In an increasingly frenzied bid to have us look the other way, the would-be dictators are throwing everything they've got at us. Disease X is among their latest fear porn, anonymous this time, uh, a to-whom-it-may-concern virus. And also more mRNA, that gift that keeps on giving, ready to be injected into livestock and the rest of our food so there can be no avoiding it. And bombs dropped on Yemen, one of the poorest countries in the world under attack from U.S. and U.K.-backed Saudi Arabia for nearly a decade. Hundreds of thousands of civilians are dead there by war, disease and starvation. Are we all to be herded like cattle? And towards what exactly? Towards the end times? Certainly feels like it. (laughs) Which is to be the final straw? Where is the tipping point that will have enough of us cry enough? When the warmongers launch World War III War with Iran, which has had the hawks of Washington salivating for yet more decades. Or will it be open war with Russia, with China? Forever wars, always confidently predicted, in the same way another pandemic is apparently a dead cert. A person must wonder where all that certainty comes from. It's insane. They're insane. And we in turn must be mad if we continue to listen to them. Mm. Even the weather's against them, exposing more of their nonsense. Northern Europe shivered in a biting cold the climate alarmists didn't dare contemplate. It takes enough effort as it is to hoax the entire world about global boiling, without the challenge of persuading the billions to look away from claims by some that the ice in the Arctic Sea is at its greatest extent in 21 years, and when the only record temperatures in prospect are those colder than a well digger's ass. Fortunately, there are plenty of newspapers... Filled with desperate declarations that the cold doesn't matter. Pay no attention to the snow and ice. The planet is still about to spontaneously combust as soon as it thaws out. The deepest (laughs) cold snap for years doesn't mean anything. Newspapers that are fit only for lighting cosy fires with. Is the truth now only what those with the most money say it is? Now more than ever we must be on guard because what's at stake is life itself. Among us now, riding shotgun with the rest of those committed to the anti-human agenda are the transhumanists. For them, humankind itself has come to the end of the road, or at least to a fork in the road. Down one path lies the continuation of the species that's the greatest miracle we know of in the universe. Us. (laughs) Fragile, right enough, as all (laughs) miracles are. As others have pointed out, we have neither claws nor fangs, naked of fur or fleece, hearts and lungs cradled only by elegant baskets of ribs, but blessed beneath thin caps of bone with brains that comprehend time itself and that have vouchsafed the universe the opportunity to contemplate itself for perhaps the first time in 14 billion years. We're already capable of anything and everything, and yet the tech gurus with their soldering irons and circuit boards think they can do better. Mm. Down the other fork then lies the future envisioned by those who see only imperfect, incomplete, soulless lab rats available for fixing, Mm. a tinkering made possible by their patented, profitable technology. Those with that augmentation in mind have already started slipping silicon chips beneath the skins of wide-eyed early adopters. Life has been made disposable, expendable, all in pursuit of the greater good. Only psychopaths talk about the greater good. What they mean and what they want is what's good for them at the expense Mm -hmm. of others. If other lives, millions and billions of lives must be set aside for the good of those with money and power, then so be it. So I ask again, why would anyone still listen to the nonsense of Davos man and woman and their bought and paid for stooges in governments around the world? Do you remember knowingly surrendering to a cackistocracy, which is to say government by the very worst in society? I don't. We'd be mugged for our energy, for our money and for our food. Who on earth surrenders the food supply to people who never once got their hands dirty sowing seeds, caring for mm. livestock? Those people with a penchant for private jets are not farmers in the same way that Bill Gates is not a virologist or any kind of expert in the immune system. Among the many things Bill Gates is not, he's not a farmer either, and yet he's also made himself the biggest private landowner in the United States. Is it because he wants to control the use of all those fertile acres and so what people might eat? Here's the thing, it should be obvious to anyone with their eyes open that the powerful don't care about life, about our lives. Right now, with half a million or more already dead and cold in Ukrainian clay, the governments of the West have more recently been shrugging their shoulders at the deaths of tens of thousands in the Middle East. It's not manna that falls from heaven onto babies in Gaza, but white phosphorus that burns them to dust. And so, pause for a moment and wonder, who will be the soldiers and the casualties of the next war? Me, you, my children, your children. The fork in the road we must choose, the road down which we must walk is one where we respect at all times the unique and irreplaceable value of human life itself.
1: Wow. Mm. That was an amazing monologue there from Neil. Mm. Leah? You know, I, um, I'm trying to find this exact quote, but I'm just going to paraphrase it until I can find it. What is amazing to me is having a, a, a berry with us Hi, Barry. constantly watching our show who identifies as a pagan and you might find it interesting that there was a quote this week from C.S. Lewis that well, I found it's not that C.S. Lewis just gave this quote you mean it just is making the rounds this week because C.S. Lewis is dead in the grave there was a there was a quote this week making the rounds of C.S. Lewis thank you for you know when do not put a bag on a baby's head <laughs> okay, we have to quantify the quote from C.S. Lewis. Then yeah, but the quote basically said, and I don't know if I can find it here. I I was trying to find it. There was uh, kind of an article that came out that said paganism was coming back to the U.K. and it was kind of um, gaining ground, and people were saying I that actually there might be a silver line, lining to that. And the silver lining is this. C.S. Lewis says, I would much rather have a country full of pagans than a country full of atheists. Mm. Because the pagans believe in power. They believe in a universe. They believe in the the essence of mankind. They believe in the laws of nature mm-hmm. and nature's God. Yeah. And so he said, I can point them true to the one true God, mm-hmm. but I cannot convince an atheist that there is a God. That's good or that there is a force to the universe. Right. So, I would rather have what I have in the um in the queue here from the w from the WAF, WF. I would rather have this pagan ritual where they brought in this woman <coughs> <coughs> who breathed on these people in some sort of pagan ritual which obviously I'm not excited about pagan rituals. However, I can talk to a pagan about the one true God. Yeah. But a Yuval Noah Harari, I can't talk to him about the essence of humankind at all. There's, they don't they're not reaching into any supernatural higher power. Right. So Elon Musk tweets this out and says that he did not know that Elizabeth Warren was at the World Economic
13: Forum. <laughs> Na, Anuri, no, you are. Now I own Sinan, Punk and Tushinan Shavawakin. Sinamu Kikurani, Tsai Shavakirani, Tsai Makikurani. I want my winnun, I want my winnun. No, I ai not lie. Why shall I?
1: That's quite the hat. What is she doing right now? <laughs> Is she blowing on their faces? What happened to masks? <laughs> She's blowing on their heads. Hang on. What if she has COVID? <laughs> we literally wait went. a minute. <laughs> we literally went from COVID to blowing on people's faces. Just like right, total like. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Oh my gosh, which has happened? What in the world? Because I was just told for four stinking years coming on. That my breath is deadly and that I can't even inhale or exhale without it being like a machine gun and that I need to keep it covered. Could you bring up this next one here? No, Michelle, there are worse things. Um, Actually, this is a speaker at the WEF that says that farming and fishing is ecocide. And so we're all going to die no matter what. So forget the covid it's farmers it's farmers that are, that that are the problem it's the one right next to her right ne- next to the the ritual there but the the hang on. I know, I know, I know. None of this makes sense. Nothing that they do makes sense. They don't, they get don't to switch even switch it from year to year. They don't. Like, like, get one get year to say you, eat you have eggs, to wear masks. One year eggs kill you. Like you don't. One get year to, it's margarine. One year it's butter. First of all, margarine is going to kill you. Everybody in my chat, if anybody who watches our show, eats margarine. Stop it. This from the girl who lived off of country crock. I, and what's wrong with me? It's because I, I ate too many tubs of country crap. She literally would take like a half a cup and just lather it on. I'm a piece telling of you, and that's what's wrong with me. I can attribute literally every problem in myself to the tubs of country crap that I grew up on. I think honestly, they've made it worse than it was when we were kids. I it hope was just so. vegetable oil back then. I mean
6: ecocide as a word is becoming more it's becoming better known around the world and the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, but legally speaking, um, what our organisation and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognised legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very grained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as mm-hmm. we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, if you're campaigning for human rights, seriously. at least you know, mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space um, and so and, and you know unlike a an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent with ecocide what we see is actually what people are trying to do what businesses are trying to do is make money is you know is farm there's is fish is do all of these things that are um, you know producing energy and so on um, as well but what's it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that.
1: She so, just said farm and fish. fish. So, but here's the thing: the, there, what happens is the, uh, these people will take a partial truth, mm-hmm. wrap it up in something else, yeah. and say, like, ecocide. On the one hand, factory farming is abusive animals. Yes, putting pigs or chickens in a confinement operation is abuse. Right. Raising a chicken, mm. butchering a chicken, eating a chicken mm-hmm. is life. And that's what really bothers and me. And you put them in the same category. That's exactly what they do. So the so the 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 farmer that's raising out maybe a thousand or two chickens a year mm-hmm. to sell mm-hmm. is now treated in the same category mm-hmm. like that person that farmer is butchering their own chickens on their own property right is put in the same category as the confinement factory farms they have that are sh- that are doing 10 20, chickens a chickens i want to see this more. woman on a panel with bill gates right mr monsanto himself
2: you exactly know, Monsatan, like how do they get how do how Monsatan does it satan himself that's, good. that's really so good you've point.
1: got it you know you got to have all these african countries who've been forced or india has been forced that's to buy these gmo seeds yeah we know that the, you have to put down pesticides you have to put down herbicides right. that's a whole point of their seed right. is that if you spray the your crop to get rid of all the weeds your crop don't die <laughs> that is, that is a crime against humanity i believe that that is a criminal invention yeah Okay, because what happens is the runoff of that, the glyphosate, goes into the water, turns the frogs gay. Okay? Thanks, Alex. Okay, and but it actually with these pesticides, you are killing all of the ecosystem underneath. You are million killing million ecosystem die-off. If you go and the pesticides are, are, are these... If you don't know this, geo crops have been genetically modified so that certain pesticides or fungicides or herbicides, which means killing plants... Um, do not kill the want the corn and the soybean. It's usually just corn and corn and soybean and then what happens is it's killing everything else so if it's it's killing the bugs on the plant but not the plant. But what happens is not just killing the bugs on the plant. It's killing all wormies, all beetles, all everything in mile radius. and so bees are dying because mm-hmm. of this stuff and yeah. that is a crime yes but that's not what she's talking about. And we can make the shift here in the pivot. When you begin to what our nation has done and nations around the world have done is they encourage farmers to plant corn and soybean fence row to fence row. And then when you go to the grocery store across the stinking world, you're picking up boxes. Granola bars are by far the worst thing that any of you can eat. Because what they've done is they've taken corn mm-hmm. and soy and they've making these, they, they, they literally, your, your granola bar has like 0.2% granola, okay? If they're just selling granola, sell granola all day long. Love granola, right? It's not that. Look on the backs. Soy and corn syrup. Let me just explain something. Corn, you can have corn jelly, but corn doesn't naturally make syrup. Corn doesn't naturally make gasoline or diesel, Corn is not necessarily a fuel. Or an oil. Corn should be eaten as food. Yeah. Okay? And you can use the byproducts for everything else if you want to. The point is, is that every single thing on your shelf, besides tortilla chips, those are good kind of corn. Okay? It's really yeah, But then
2: even Re- then, real, real you corn. know what's so funny? And then and then let they me interrupt you. Them. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. The, the, yeah, let me f-
1: interrupt you because I have a beef about this. Yeah, you beef. And I'm about to ruin your whole life. Oh, shoot. I'm going to do it. Okay. I in the UK, you call them crisps here in the United States. We call them potato chips or just chips. Mm -hmm. Okay, we I have a thing. I like to eat things that are crunchy, Mm. tortilla chips, potato chips. The problem is, is that they so you got the corn. So the tortilla chip, you're eating the corn, but they're frying it. In in oils that are like palm oil and cottonseed cotton seed oil, these are these are foreign to the human body because they're not food. They're like eating plastic. Okay, so all of your potato chips, all of your tortilla chips, at least here in the United States, are all fried in these oils that are unnatural to the human body because what they're what makes not them a food. Unhealthy. So why are they not eating? Why are they not frying a corn tortilla chip in corn oil at the very least? Mm-hmm. But they don't. They fry it in all of these other oils that are not. What is the other one? There's a third one that's really bad that they use all the time. Safflower. Sa- Safflower saff oil. These are not real oils. Seed oils. Okay, they're not oils that are are good. Well, sunflower oil is a seed oil and it's really good for you. It's it okay. Borderline. Some people say it's good. Some people say. good. Yeah. I think it's fine. No, I, think I think sunflower oil. Sunflower oil. If you touch a sunflower, it's very. Oily. You, if you can make sunflower oil, if you can make it yourself at home. Yes. That's a olive nut. oil. Sunflower. sunflower like a, yeah. It's like a nut. Okay. So my point is they are they everything about what they do is purposefully designed to harm our bodies. And I don't have a problem with peanut oil either. No, peanut oil is an oil. That's it's an oil. No, that's what I'm saying. I actually am okay with corn oil. I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with vegetable oil. When they I don't like it. No, 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 vegetable oil is horrible. No, no, listen to me. Listen, hear me out on this though, because this is really important. It's not made from vegetables. When you're looking at cottonseed oil and you're looking at safflower oil and you're looking at palm oil, these are not food. Mm -hmm. They are literally like oil. Like, you wouldn't eat oil that comes Mm -hmm. out of the ground because it Mm -hmm. smells bad, right? It's not an edible thing. And yet they're frying everything in it. Vegetable oil is usually canola, corn, palm and I don't have soybean, that's, sunflower. So I'm the not, problem that I have with that in there is the palm oil, right? And the soybean. I'm soybean. Soybean oil is horrible for you. It is, but it's still a food, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. These other things are not food. Then that mm-hmm. goes back to what I was talking about with margarine, mm-hmm. okay? And Crisco, mm-hmm. guys, if you're watching our show and you still use Crisco to cook, heaven help your body. Mm-hmm. It is not a food. It is mm-hmm. literally poison. It's if you were to go out and take your the, the oil that the 10 dwarf, you know, whatever that goes into your car, you're putting that into your body. And so the only sexy. reason why you're okay with it is because it doesn't taste as bad as the oil that goes in your car. Hygienated vegetable oils are the worst. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's. So I need so another clip. I don't have one queued up. You do. You do. I you do? got the, the farmer clip with uh, oh, okay. James Mevill of them. I'm there. sorry. Farmers are being willfully ignored, and their livelihoods destroyed by <laughs> dreadful governments obsessed with the crass logic of net zero, and corporations trying to uh, to asset grab no, farmland. No. This is the big. This is the big story. You know, we, we talk a lot about the money, but the farm, the farming, taking the farms away, destroying farms, destroying food. Um, this is and, and I and I and honestly, that's why we're not going to. I don't want to hammer too hard on the corn and soybean because that's what a lot of these farmers are growing, but I want them to be growing other food. Exactly. If they can be. Exactly. For sure. Real food, by the way. And because they've been boxed in mm-hmm. by Monsanto. And let me tell you something, the corn, if it's grown the natural heritage corn, um, you know, the blue corn, that kind of stuff, that's good for you. It right. really is. It's not that corn's bad. Mm-hmm. It's Monsanto corn is bad. GMO corn's bad.
7: You, you've come from, you're from a farming background. Um, You live in Cornwall, but you, you know, you come back and forth to Scotland. Uh, What are the Scottish farmers saying? What are you hearing from that community of which you are a part?
9: I think it's the same issues over and over again. A forgotten community. Um, You know, these are blue collar workers, effectively. Some of the most multi-skilled workers on the face of the planet and the bedrock of an economy, and they feel forgotten about. Um, you know, many industries have been torn apart and disenfranchised over the last 40 years, but farming consistently has. now we've got the additional aspect of the net zero agenda. And farmers are concerned that this is going to affect their yields, their livelihoods, and the government are completely out of touch with what the farmer's needs are. What we're experiencing in Europe, which has gone one stage further, is effectively a blue-collar rising, a blue-collar spring, because enough is enough of governments who are failing to take care of business of a primary source of the economy, namely farms. But back to answer your question in Scotland, they're certainly not at the stage of what the German farmers or the French farmers are doing. But I think there is the same mood, the same feeling that they're being neglected by the government. When you're getting severe pressure in terms of brokerage agreements with supermarkets, where farmers are getting pennies for uh, pennies for their crops and their products, and at the same time governments are implementing draconian net zero measures, it's almost impossible for farmers to make some sort of profit. And what's happening beyond that is right. then, because farmers are under so much pressure, major corporations are coming in and plundering the land and taking the land as an asset grab and then paradoxically quite often producing more net zero solutions such as destroying the landscapes and the environments with mass production solar panels. Mm. James bear with me. Ralph is arrogance on the part of you know the, the, the decision
7: makers? I mean do, do they have a sense of how angry not just the farmers are
10: but the wider population
7: And and do they care? Mm.
10: Uh, I think arrogance is a huge part of this. And I think James made a good point. Let me tell you a quick anecdote that That I had with a Dutch farmer uh, when uh, when the Dutch government was trying to implement their nitrogen restrictions. And they said, you know, 30% less nitrogen by 2050. And the farmers correctly said, what do they think we are doing? Like, fertiliser is expensive. It's not that they just spread it, you know, hither and beyond because they have it for free. So they try to reduce fertiliser use anyways because it is something that they have high high expenses on. But you have some bureaucrats sitting in a windowless office, you know, who kind of looks at this and says, 30% looks like a good number, let's do it. But I think there's a second factor that James also alluded to, is which is when we say um, forgotten communities. I mean, there's this old saying, out of sight, out of mind. And we don't give the the areas of the economy the key areas farming mining energy the attention it deserves maybe I'm being facetious here but i mean it we have debates about quote-unquote drag queen story hour but maybe we should have something like farmers story hour like (laughs) coal miners story hour maybe we should kind of imbue young people with a certain respect from where these things come from that make modern life possible because i think then maybe we would have much more understanding and respect for the farmers and others james You're saying,
7: and and Gareth said the same, that that in Wales people aren't quite ready to rise, and you're saying in Scotland you don't think that people are at quite that stage, but as Ralph says, wouldn't it be almost beneficial if the the farmers rose? Because the old media are not covering this, they're not drawing attention to it, quite the opposite, and they're misportraying it. Don't the people need to be confronted by the everyday reality of the farmers so that they remember they're even there and what it is that they do?
9: I agree with that. And I'm previous comments, I agree with all of it. I think there needs to be, as I said before, a blue-collar rising. You know, we've got a channel in this country. So our, poll sta- our poll tax spirit. Remember the poll tax and what happened there. If people rise up in a peaceful way, in mass mobilization numbers, change can happen. And it comes back to the point that was mentioned before. We've got to start raising awareness about the bedrock and foundations of our economy, and that is the producers. The farmers are the kind of root and branch, effectively, of that. And they need to be heard in Westminster. But the only way I think we can do that is to take a leaf out the book of the Dutch, and also the Germans and the French, and also going back to the Canadian truckers. And I think we need to support it. It is our job to raise awareness for this, because, as you said, it's not getting enough coverage. And the last thing I would say is, ironically, This is the sort of campaign that the left used to be behind. Where are large parts of the left right now? This is not some sort of far-right protest. This is nuts and bolts of the survival of our country and many other countries, our food production and the workers that go with it. It's not just the farmers. Mm. It's the circular economy around farming. You know, it's the shops, it's the deliveries. All of that has to be taken account. I remember the country alliance uh, march we had, what, 20, 30 years ago. There was about half a million people descended on London. Maybe it's the time now to coordinate and galvanise our rural communities and our farmers to do something about this and vote with their feet effectively onto Westminster to make our high-polluting politicians listen to what is one of the primary industries and important industries in this country. Thank you, James Melville. Mm. Thanks That's for that so insight. so good. And
1: you know what? We used to have story time was always about farmers. The farmer and the dell, the farmer and the dell. Hi, oh, the Mario, the farmer and the Dell. The cat takes the mouse. The cat takes that's the good. mouse. And every, you know, kids' stories have always been around farms. Charlotte's stinking web, man.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Babe, right? So kids love farming stories. And I'll tell you what. Normal, healthy kids love farms. Mm-hmm. They love farms and telling the stories about the farms and getting kids onto farms. We need to have all field trips to the farms so kids can know. You know, that's something that you do not give children a... Um, an option for in school yeah you have to have a building job it must be a, a a uh some sort of technical job with machinery you've got to be a cog in the system they never take you on field trips. oh yeah you get to go well, to shop okay. farms I, I or whatever but like, like rural places probably do like kids that like literally they are, do. They, they've got future you know, farmers of america yes and they but rural kids but city kids don't get the an city, option no they do not and they don't know what farms look like Listen, kids do not know where, how food is grown. Oh my gosh! I they know. think it's grown in a building. I know. And in fact, some of their lettuce and stuff is grown in a building. But, uh, all right, so let's go back. The German protests are continuing. Uh, the Netherlands protests every uh, have cat fire. Farmers unite.
7: Be here in the streets and in the fields and byways and highways of Britain. Farmers in Germany are blockading roads. In protests against subsidy cuts, with more than five hundred tractors and trucks parked up by Berlin's Brandenburg Gate, Gareth is here with us now. I hope, Gareth. Good evening. Good Matt, to see your face this again. is one of his favourite farmers. Evening. How are things, Gareth? What? Uh, what are you keeping tabs on? What's happening in Germany? Are you know, are you across that? Are you in touch with any of them?
0: Yeah. So we're talking with a few um, the people that are involved in it. You know it's it's not just the farming protest i think we have to understand that it's a lot bigger there's massive public support out there for them um you know the, the firemen the police um you know a lot of small businesses it's about taxation and it's about bringing you know the public down onto their knees it's it's killing it it's killing our society across the world because, you know, we've seen it in the Netherlands, we've seen it in Sri Lanka, we've seen it in Canada, you know, we're now beginning to see it in France. This is repetitive. It seems to be just going from one country to another. It's government policy, like the Netherlands, it was the nitrate levels out there in Germany now, you know, they're taking the subsidy off the red diesel. Now what people don't understand is if you take the subsidy away from the farmer to produce that food, they have to... Add that onto that product, which is going to cost the general public more money. And what's really annoying, Neil, is that we're not seeing this in mainstream media. We're seeing tiny little bits. You know, GB News has been really good. They've covered quite a lot of it. But, you know, this is a massive protest. It's one of the biggest protests they have had in Europe for a long time. And as a farmer, I will tell you, honestly, farmers do not go out to protest unless it's the last resort. Because they've got animals, they have got crops, they have mm. got a business to run. Right. Unless their whole business is, you know, on a knife on a knife edge, they do not go out and protest, and they are desperate. That's why we're seeing these protests across Europe.
7: Yes, Gareth, now, R- R- Ralph, I-, I feel it in my in the marrow of my bones that the people. I mean, the farmers are angry He's because they understand wrong, the though. predicament into which that they're being put dark. by all of this. But the people know that when you start messing with the farmers, that something fundamental is adrift. Don't you think?
10: No, I agree. And I think uh, Gareth made a fantastic point when he said that farmers would only protest if really it's the last resort. And I think this goes double for Germany. Um, There is this anecdote, I think, that kind of highlights this very nicely. In 1944, during the end of the war, um, the German propaganda ministry had to issue an order that uh, the Germans who were standing at train stations, at train platforms, if uh, the sirens were going off because British bombers were coming in, they can leave the platform and seek shelter and don't have to wait for somebody to validate their ticket. This is kind of the German mindset Right, So once you have rules, you don't want to break those rules. So if you have German farmers, and Gareth is absolutely right, this has spread to truckers and other areas. If they go out on the streets and protest, that is the beginning of something larger. And I think what you described, Neil, is there is a sense, when we want to tie together the truckers in Canada, the farmers in the Netherlands, the farmers in Germany, is there it is a sense that governments are starting to declare war on the very element of the economy that keeps everything going. We're against mining, we're against energy, we're against farming. And more people realise, but wait a moment, isn't that that keeps everything going? Not all of us can become you know, political commentators and uh, Instagram influencers, because we can only do what we do because these farmers like Gareth are so incredibly productive. Gareth, do you feel that? Uh, do you feel as though you're at war? A, a, a war well, that the, the vast
7: majority you, of the population are not being kept up with?
0: Yeah, let me tell you, my family's been farming this land for 375 years, <sighs> you know? I want a future for my children on this land, doing what I think is right. You know, yeah, there's a few problems within the industry that we need tweaking. I'm not going to hide away from that. You know, we we need to start to look at solutions for more regenerative, more sustainable ways of producing food. Mm -hmm. But don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. Don't ever forget that. (laughs) And I'll tell you something. When you look, you are going to need maybe an accountant once a year, a dentist, a doctor. You're going to need a farmer every single day of your life, and that's across the world. And the majority of farms across the world are family farms. These are people that are working seven days a week, 365 days a year, to produce food to feed people affordably,
3: Mm. you know,
0: and healthily. And that's the scary bit. I see these, you know, I was listening to your speech earlier, mate, and I see these multinational corporations flying in and out of Davos, looking at us, thinking, who are these?" Do they want us eating bugs and processed rubbish? Mm. You know, let's build a better Britain on our bellies. Let's look for a farming food revolution worldwide. Yes! Let's come together as people, because this is bigger than just the farmers. This is more. And if we don't support each other going forward, we're in deep trouble.
2: Mm. And
0: for me, you know, I'm never going to go hungry. I'm never going to go cold. Mm -hmm. You know, today I was out shooting, Harvesting my own food. I have brought the birds back. I'll process them tomorrow. They'll be in my freezer. They'll be feeding my family. And, and I want to. I want to bring something else into this as well, Neil. We we're working on farming Britain, a new YouTube channel to share these stories. You know, That's awesome. not country wise, but the true voice of rural people. What's going on in the countryside? This is really important. So if people have the opportunity. Follow some of my social media pages from Facebook to YouTube because these are important because we're not having a voice in other mainstream media. Gareth. We need that voice so people can
7: understand
0: Which what's happening. Wake up and smell the coffee before it's too late.
7: Gareth, do you, do you see the farmers and the people around in the in the community rising in the way that they have in the Netherlands, that they have in Germany and elsewhere? Do you see the same thing maybe manifesting here in the weeks ahead? It's not, quite, it's not quite at that
0: point in this country, I think, yet, Neil. I don't think it's there. But government policies in Wales, you know, because we're devolved out here, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of family farms that are struggling and they're not going to make it mm. through 2024. And mm. I think this is across Great Britain. So I think mm. we have to start pushing our agenda into... Mm policy makers yes. into the politicians, RMPs, AMs. They need to listen That's to the farmers. Fair. They need to listen yeah, to rural really voices to because we're not being heard. And 84% of people living in the cities, but they'll walk into a supermarket and there'll be food on the shelves. We remembered what happened when the Ukraine war went. There was starting people thinking, oh my God, we need food security in this country. And what are they doing? Solar panels, solar farms going up. You know, we're losing land to building. And I'm not against that. Everybody needs a new house. But we have to start to watch after our own country and our own farmers. Okay, you can stop that. Okay, so he's got –
1: so this is Gareth. Um, You can follow him. He's got almost 2 million followers on YouTube. Gareth Wynn, uh, W-Y-N Jones. You can just put in Gareth, Great Britain, and he comes in. Uh, Matt loves him, watches him – pretty regularly um so was excited to see him with neil and he sent me that clip this morning um i think brit boz has sent me that clip as well and this is so everybody go this is a brand new uh channel um and it's called farming britain and you know what i love these sweaters i just saw a norwegian guy with a, like a uh like a nordic sweater like these this is probably a wool sweater these sweat the, we don't have clothing i just want to make a note of this we don't have clothing that lasts a long time He's out there. He's working with his animals. He's obviously, wearing his, his nice sweater. He worked for this, and he worked for uh, GB News. But these are the kind of things that you know are so valuable that you consider them nice. They're they're your nice clothes that are working clothes. Um, and and we need to get back to a lot of these 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 old crafty type things. Um, but yeah, let I love this.
0: Welcome to farming Britain.
2: Woo. <laughs> this is great. Oh. And your Biggie.
0: As an industry, we've stuck our head in the sand for too long
2: mm.
14: and it's
0: time for us to be proud about what we do yeah. and showcase it.
14: Yeah. We are not mainstream. People don't know the simple things of what we do. You've got a, a robot <coughs> sucker-upper. so yeah, sorry, I didn't say that. A robot, you cut that bit out, a robot poo sucker-upper.
0: We've got to feed this nation in an affordable, sustainable, Mm. and in a seasonal way I believe if we want to start to make a difference.
2: Mm.
10: I've been around crafters all my life but I've never actually been one. I don't have the keys David. It's an exciting new venture for us.
15: There are thousands of passionate part-timers and hobbyists who have a few chickens, a vegetable patch, a few sheep and they're all taking responsibility for what they put on their plate.
9: I get people complain about me working late at night. Well if you've got a small window you're going to be working late at night. People complain. It's probably someone complaining now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are putting a lot of pressure on us to rewild, let this land go to rack
5: and ruin, in my opinion.
14: Mm. Big farms are going to get bigger. Small farms are going to start disappearing.
5: Mm. One of the issues for crafting is the demographics of it. Mm -hmm. I'm probably quite a young crofter, and I'm (laughs) (laughs) steady.
0: (laughs) I want to make sure that people are having a fair price for what they're producing and if we mm-hmm. can add value to any farm and every farm by going there and showcasing them and giving them a platform worldwide let's do it from the tops of Scotland yeah to the bottoms of Cornwall to make sure that that story is getting out there and people understand that they are gonna need a farmer every single day of there their
1: life is- Absolutely no reason, you guys in the UK or in any country, for you to be trucking so many things in. This goes to another story that I just read today where uh, steel has... The, the last steel manufacturer in the UK has gone green, which means that they will only be able to make the weaker kind of steel from mm-hmm. recycled steel because the the, the actual, uh, the, their, ov- their ovens and their equipment will not get hot enough, which means that they are going to be bringing, because, but you can't use that weaker steel to build uh, even buildings or to build uh, war machinery or anything. Yeah. So they're stuck literally trucking in, um, You'd, you can't. Well, there's no train. I mean, boating in. They're bringing it in, and the carbon footprint of bringing in the steel yeah. from other countries right. is astronomically higher than what that that particular. Uh manufacturing of steel would be producing. Exactly. This is the level of insanity that the powers that be are producing. And you saw that guy's farm. That was not factory farming. Yeah. That is real farming. Because when you saw the overhead view of that farm, your Beautiful. soul leapt. Yeah, that's good. God wants our souls to leap in the things that we do, we want crafters to be great again. And, 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 and the whole point of the green agenda right now is to destroy your mind, destroy your life and get you stuck in a building. So why are Michelle and I bringing you the show when we're stuck in a building right now is to get you outside. (laughs) That is why, and I'm telling you why, because that Great Britain, Farming Britain, is going to take a large chunk of their time to film, produce, and put out really great videos to get you to want to go outside and get you to want to farm. That's good, Because what has happened is the propaganda machine behind the scenes has got you stuck inside. And so if I can spend a couple hours, two or three, four hours, five, 10 million hours, okay... My favorite thing to do is just to go live outside. Okay. But I can't always do that because I have to be, somebody in here has to tell the story and y'all have to listen to it. So I know what I love what you can, if you can watch my show when you're done for the day, or if you can watch our show when you're driving, you got to go somewhere or when you're outside working, because this is work. We are learning. We are all in an educational process. It's like we're kind of, we're, we're in world change university. (laughs) <laughs> we should start a whole show that says that. Okay? We are trying to, fi- they are trying to change the world, and we are trying to get it back. That's and good. that's what they're, that's, the, the, and Joy Reid was right when she said, oh, these people trying to elect Donald Trump, kind to get their country back. Amen. But not the way Donald Trump is talking about, but the way Gareth is talking about. That's okay? Good. I don't want more manufacturing. I don't want a GDP that is astronomically high. Because you know what that means? That means things cost a lot of money. What the bankers say and what the big business say is that that means we're making money. But that means somebody is having to work to buy your product. I want a very low country GDP. You know what that means? That means because I want a prosperous country with a low GDP. That means we are... We are trading, that means we are bartering, that means that that moms can stay at home, that means dads can work at home, that means that dads can craft at home. When you have a family farm like that, and Gareth is working, maybe that's a friend, maybe that's his daughter, I don't know. But if it was, my goodness, if you have a family entrepreneurial business and you are working outside in something, or you've got something going on where mom and dad are together, we have to get away from this idea that moms are designed to stay at home, dads are designed to be at home too. Mm. We are all designed to work in our own in our own environment. We're not designed by God to get up and go somewhere all day or drive or drive somewhere. We're designed to get up and go outside. I mean, and drive to another right. place. Okay? The the Amish have it right. They they contract out some work, which is fine. I'm not saying you can't do, I'm not saying, we all have to go and help other people at their homesteads too. Like, yeah, yeah. There is a thing to that, right? But if you are a master of your own universe, if you are, a, 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 just family like, farms are the best way like to go. Like the farrier, so, he's got to travel. He's got to travel. There's, there's, the doctor's got to travel. There's mm-hmm. exceptions, but the by and large, yeah, the design is that God, you know, God wants us to all to be on so our own So if you go to my, uh, so let me yeah. read some comments. Okay, go, quick. go. You're getting carried away here. Okay, Wicked Psych says, Britt Boz, I graduated from agricultural high school and I don't understand farming very well. Not only was the school a working farm, but I worked on the farm for several years. Mm. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, I guess, let's see. That's because Barry had said something about people not understanding farming. Um, Barry says, I spent my summers in Cambridgeshire on the Fens, so grew up around farms. Now I live in rural Wales, so see farms daily and live in a farming community. Um so i'm really glad that you're there now barry um let's see Brip- dripford to introduce 20 miles per hour here in wales everywhere and people have had enough of him and uh <laughs> labor so i think wales is gonna go light blue too as far mm. as you know the next elections um wicked Sex says, i learned some basics and i could never run a farm or do it myself It's it a lot easier than you think uh Barry says Tesco's, that's their grocery store, in the UK only pay 20 pence a pint for milk in the UK Mm. and it costs farmers a pound a pint to Mm. produce it. Yet the government still let Tesco demand they are only going to pay 20 pence a pint Mm. to the farmers so they are going to go bust. Mm. Barry says we used to have uh, food security here in the UK during the wars and just after, but consecutive governments have destroyed our Mm self-sufficiency. Sherry says, I can't wait for spring to get my garden going. Barry says, Michelle and Leah will in the UK used to be a, an expensive commodity. But now the fleece of a sheep is worthless because of plastic clothes. So we do need to go back to using natural fleece and animal skins for clothing as we used to. Wool. Okay, excuse me. Wool. Thank you. Uh, Sherry says, my mom grew up on a farm, but she shunned it because of having to get up and do the chores, etc. She could have taught me so much. Instead, I grew up on the process stuff. I have to learn how to do it myself now. And I'm thankful for the knowledge everyone shares. Barry says, Leah, the last steel manufacturer in the UK is Tata Steel in... Portal Bot in Swansea, Wales. 3,000 jobs are going. Wicked psych says, I have a spinning wheel that was handed down through a couple of generations. I don't know how to use it. Okay, but at least you have it. And it's actually not that hard to start using those either. Uh, Stuart the Brit says, That company that owns the steel plant here is Indian. They are going to use steel from their own factories in India. Um, South Paul says, I know how to hand spun. I used to raise fiber goats and process yarn. I sold it at a small local yarn store. Sherry says we need to get away from plastics too. When I was young, food came in glass containers, paper, and cans, etc. And fish and chips wrapped in old newspaper tastes better too. Okay, that is the second time this week that fish and chips has come up on our show, and I just want to tell everybody what happened on Friday (laughs) after the show when we talked (laughs) about steak. We talked about fish and chips, and there was another thing that was brought up. We live in
13: Ohio. And
1: I just and we were snowed in. And after the show, I totally I said, "Do we have any fish? We don't have any fish. We don't buy fish. We hardly ever buy fish. This is not something that we eat for when we go on the coast. When we yeah, but we live in Ohio. Fish is expensive and it's not fresh. Yeah. And so we just hardly ever buy it. And I just wanted to make some fish and chips. And we didn't have any fish. And we didn't have time to stall the steak. And I was and what did I have? I had leftovers. Would you today? I'm going to go buy some fish. Okay, would you go to my Twitter profile? I want to just play. Uh, I want to go through some of these videos of the the German farmer protest is still continuing, and I tweeted out a bunch. So if we could uh, scroll through some of some of those uh, videos on the uh, on the starting old starting at the very feed. beginning here. What is this renewable energy guy? No, no, it's in my Twitter feed. Sorry, we oh, go to the Twitter feed. Tweet, the tweet tweets. The twit twits. Okay. Corey's on Twitter now, guys. if you want to follow him. Yeah, just under his name or another one. Corey. It's Corey something. It's not Corey Gray. It's something if, if, if it was Corey Gray, it would be more helpful. It's like, so wait, starting... Where do you want me to start? At the top and go oh, down? Oh, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. So down. you didn't pull any of these up? Scroll down. There we are. There oh, we are. Okay. I didn't bring up those ones. Okay. All right. So it looks like uh, these is the French farmers, like the German counterparts, are also fed up with crippling globalist policies in the name of curbing climate change. Thousands of farmers demonstrated uh, in... Uh, let's see. When was that? The 16th. So on the 16th and... Occitania and Toulouse and dumped more than a hundred trailers worth of manure and waste. Oh my gosh, they keep doing this and I do find it funny. I'm not going to lie. click on this it takes me away from your feed and i have to come over and start all over again so how do i get the link without thank you that's all i needed no i don't need it up A there right there click. we go okay leah's got to teach me the Twitter stuff because it's not my forte I, th- I thought maybe you could scroll through the twitter you can't um what do you mean scroll through it you can't just scroll through insurance just scroll through it has to be um that's difficult i can try no, because it's. I have to have it in the big screen, really, to make it big. See, there's a lot of... Mm-hmm. We're learning a lot. We're getting it figured out. But what is playing in the background? Okay, this one is playing. Here we go. Let's rewind this and start it from the beginning.
14: The road is blocked in <inaudible> two senses.
1: This
2: one next. <laughs> and the next one. <laughs> Boom.
1: They're really, really. This is this was the challenge we knew we were going to run into mm-hmm. on the all of the tweets that Leah likes me to run through really fast. Mm-hmm. That's not possible with the new system. Well, so you're going to plug the in my computer in. Right? We haven't had time to yeah. get that figured out we're yet because it we're keeps gonna, erroring. We're going to figure that one out. So I am going to, I don't have time to bring this one up. No farmers, no food, no future. Dutch MP Rob Roos exposes the globalist war on farmers. He says, The ruling class wants our farmers to disappear. regulation at a time. All the name of climate, of course. Stop forcing people to live differently and stop making it impossible for farmers to do their jobs. We absolutely need farmers. Food security is a matter of national security. So that was a Dutch MP. Looks very much like Gertfielders. I don't know if they dye their hair blonde or if they just naturally blonde. Oh, there's blonde. Ava. Do you have any volume? Well, I had some, but it was loud and you were talking. So here we have police actually arresting some protesters, brutally attacked farmers for protesting. Why isn't this news? Uh, Says uh, Peter Sweden. Let's see if we can get this video to pull up. There we go.
2: Did hey,
1: okay so the the german farmers are still protesting and it's getting uh bigger and louder and you know we are the media on this you are the media share it with your friends share it with your family uh the this is a, a media blackout basically on what is happening around the world and it's absolutely atrocious If something like this was happening in the United States, it would be consistently covered. Just non-stop coverage of this. I do have some good news out of Sweden. Uh, Peter Sweden says that Sweden is scrapping the Agenda 2030 goals. The new right-wing government is dismantling the work of the previous socialist government. Sweden has been doing a lot of right things lately. They have already scrapped the renewable energy plans and have been pushing for more nuclear power. In the new year, Sweden removed climate taxes on fuel, causing diesel prices to collapse over uh, four, I'm not exactly sure, uh, Swedish uh, dollars per liter in or something, just I guess their gas price went down. In 2022 when the socialist democrats were in power the diesel price reached a whopping uh what is diesel? What is what is money in in Sweden? What is uh what's the exchange rate um what is put in um what is the SEK uh versus dollar? The Swedish SEK it was 28 SEK per liter, and it's down four. So Michelle's going to do some math for us here. After the right-wing government removed climate taxes, prices in the new year reached almost as low as 17 SEK per liter. That's around 39 percent lower diesel prices. That's huge. But further steps have been taken. Taken. The previous socialist government included formulations. How many does it SEK versus it? it's like? So you point. said it was 20. What is um, so. It went from 28 SEK to 17 SEK. So what is it? what is well, SEK? Oh, it's 1 1 Swedish krona equals 0.096. So put in of a dollar. put in, okay, so put in uh, 28 SEK. So put in 28 and see what that 2 dollar. Do a little convert. $2.68. Wow, it wasn't very much to begin with. Oh per liter, per liter. Oh, we're talking per liter. Okay. So it went down uh, to seventeen. So we're talking liters per gallon. Four liters. Twenty-eight equals. So you could almost just go straight, like move the decimal. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight to like two dollars and eighty cents. Okay, is essentially mm-hmm. how you would you can do that that math. Well, you guys had high gas prices over there. That's crazy. So it was how much was it before they said? Um, it was about eighty. Um, it was it was about two fifty per liter. You multiply that times 3.7. Um, so okay. it's two, four, six. It's about $8. Yeah, that's a lot. It's about $8 a gallon. Yeah. Right? Craziness. Um, The previous socialist government included formulations and directions to government organizations in Sweden that had uh, that they had to work towards achieving Agenda 2030 goals. The new government has cut the budget to municipalities and regions uh, cooperation for Agenda 2030. And now with the Christmas holidays, they have removed the Agenda 2030 goals from the directives to government organizations such as the uh, Swedish Energy Agency. And you can actually get this uh, video up in the wings if you wouldn't mind. This you is just a, brought up two different videos. It was this one. Okay, got it. And then I trying to click back to my. Article. Got it. Uh, did you know? Know that Bill Gates has donated a whopping 1.27 billion towards funding the UN agency agenda 2030. Sorry, goals. This is a major win win for the right wing Swedish Democrats who are very happy about this move. Generally, we don't see any added value with the Agenda 2030 work and welcome the development. During the reign of the the Social Democrats and the Green Party, Agenda 2030 and gender equality have been put in place everywhere, and we do not think that is one of the most important tasks for authorities, says uh, one of the environment and climate spokespersons for the Swedish uh, Democrats. So this is awesome. Way to go, Swedish Democrats. Now, this is a a kind of one of those... um, Graveyard videos where you see what happens to wind turbines. Wind turbine I'm coming graveyard. through
15: here because I've been told that there are old turbine blades that have been oh my. just dumped here. Here they are. This is renewable energy, by the way. Remember that word renewable. There's 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 nothing much renewable about these things. They they. These are old turbine blades, quite short ones, actually. I mean, they look big, but they're some of the early 20 meters, I think. And um, now they've worn out. You can see, you look at the quality of it. There's not much life left in that. Can you recycle it? <laughs> Good luck. Great beached whales sitting here. These massive. Wow. They're not that massive compared to the ones we've seen in action today. So when they run out, of course, what are we going to do with those? Same same deal, right? <laughs> just sit here. This tells the story. So $1.4 billion for the Chelumban wind farm. And in 15 years, they'll just be sitting here like this.
1: <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that is unbelievable. It's actually crazy. All right, I'm going to go to the next story that we have um, this week, which is... This British postal story that uh, is is kind of coming to the forefront once again. It's a, it's a it's a massive scandal, mm. and uh, Britt has sent it to me. Um, Michelle, you can bring up maybe um, this particular f- um, video first. It's a two minute video. Oh my gosh! Oh <laughs> my gosh! Okay, should have that set to mute. All right, so, but I want to read to you which, what, what the post office is not like it is in the United States. I learned something new, and you're going to learn something new as well. Um, I'm going to read, let me see where he talks about the post office. And he talks about how the post office is a place where people would actually congregate, and it's not just. Wait, this isn't the right one. No, no, that's not the right one. Do we need this up at all? Not the long ones. Okay. Do you want me to bring it up again to find you the one? Well, I I just saw the post. It's this one that you want, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's a scandal with the post service. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Not sure whether other people on other nations realize quite what the UK post office actually does. But it's a lot more than just posting letters and parcels. All over the UK and the world. Uh, the post office handles billions of pounds of government money each day. They issue pension payments to pensioners who pick up their pensions weekly um, is, or checks to people on benefits. They exchange monetary currency. They sell stamps. They let people withdraw money from their savings accounts from different banks. It's a bank. Uh, like the HSBC, basically a person goes into post office and puts their bank card into machine, asks how much money they want, uh, which gets credited to their bank account, and the post office then issues the cash to the person. Also, post postal orders are a form of payment where people purchase a postal order, then they have this order made out. Um, in another person or a company name and then sent to that person who then cashes it into money at their post office. So it's like a you could take cash in and it's a form of a bank. Right, you
2: exactly. You need to
1: make a check. You know, often you have to have a check for things. And then if you want to pay... It's like pay, a money order. But it, it's a, it is. It's like a money order, but it's better than that because it's a, it's a simplified, simple system. Mm-hmm. So if you want to send cash to somebody, you can just send cash to somebody right. instead of having to send cash in the mail. Like what, or Western Union. Yeah, but there, I, there's very. What little I'm saying is, what, I understand. what I'm saying is, they have re- what what Barry is describing is mm-hmm. in the post office, a bank, Western Union, you mm-hmm. know, the ability to create money orders and but so on and so forth. But what's what Western Union is not on every corner. It's not exactly. in every town. It's right. not made sure. So yeah. So basically, um, let's see. Also, uh, postal postal orders are a form of payment, uh, and the person can cash it uh, at their post office. People can pay bills like their gas and electric bills at the post office, along with water bills. Basically, the UK post office is a bank that also delivers letters and parcels all over the world, but it's also underwritten by the British government, Mm -hmm. okay? So the postmasters are extremely trusted people in towns and villages all over the UK. The post office is also usually the only link or place to get access to money on some of the UK's most isolated places or villages, And is a pillar of the community in these places, and it is often the only shop in isolated villages. So it's very important in the UK and in the trust it is forwarded uh, by the British people. Hence, why it is a massive store in the UK. So what happened is that they implemented. Thank you for that description, Barry. That was very well said. Thank you, Barry. Exactly. So there was a the the postal system implemented a computer system uh, that would detect problems and people who might be criminals who might be doing something wrong. And a whole slew of these very trusted uh, postmasters were falsely accused Mm -hmm. of robbing, of of being, and it was a falsely accusing, it was because of the system. It was uh, uh, Fujitsu, uh, it says that knew that their computer system was fault and knew about the potential problems that ended up with nearly a, a thousand miscarriages of justice. A thousand people were wrongly accused. In the UK post office scandal, they knew about this. This is from when Tony Blair signed it off in the 1990s. Um, there was a woman named Mrs. Hamilton. They made a movie, uh, kind of a series about this. This is why it came out now. Is this, It's out in the It's in the news now. It's making news right this week. Right. Uh, from uh, Mrs. Hamilton from Hans, England. She lost her business, her house, her parents' house, her integrity, because she was found guilty of false accounting fraud by the post office, uh, And uh, But she never did it. She never did this, okay? Uh, The Fujitsu company uh, that created the Horizon computer system that has wrongly convicted nearly a 1,000 innocent people of fraud and theft and false accounting and their businesses, which were uh, from a kind of franchise system. Fujitsu currently hold another six or so massive U.K. government contracts to supply customized computer systems to central government, including cabinet, office, ministry, and defense, and benefit system, plus others. Um. So let's. Let, this is uh, when a court settlement has cleared them, cleared several of these. This is their reaction.
16: They had gone into court this morning as convicted criminals. They emerged as innocents. There was joy, relief, anger and many tears at having their convictions quashed in one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in English legal history. (laughs) Can you explain how it's affected
14: you? Um,
13: My family's life, my life,
14: uh, my health, losing my work, losing my home, my self-worth. It's been terrible.
3: You can't make up for this 14 years of hell which i have suffered my family my wife my children everyone has suffered i
7: don't know how i'm going to go home going to feel because you know from last 10 years we've been treated like convicted criminals So are going to be Ten different 10 years this now. has been going on
16: the post 15. office today issued an unreserved apology But for 14 years it prosecuted hundreds of sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses for stealing money, accusing them of fraud, on the basis of a computer system it knew was defective and was wrongly reporting cash shortfalls. Tom Hedges received a seven-month suspended sentence for theft and false accounting.
12: We lost everything. We were forced to live on, on benefits for five years Nobody will employ a man in his late 50s, early 60s with a criminal record. You can't even get a job stacking supermarket shelves.
16: Many lives were ruined. They lost their homes, their livelihoods, and in some cases, their liberty.
3: Look up.
16: Noel Thomas was accused of stealing 48,000 pounds, and he was jailed.
7: Oh. I wouldn't like to see them go to
3: jail, uh, yeah. hit them in their pockets. Make them feel like I felt when I lost everything.
13: Somebody knew everything that was going on. Somebody needs to be able to account. There
2: are now calls a for a full amount public amount inquiry into the
13: scandal.
16: Yeah. The Tonight, though, bad. it is about celebrating justice. Cedil kind of, Caria, News at Ten. What kind of? Um, you, uh, you should be able. To, you know, we have like
1: wrongful death suits. Running in a village post office, office in. This is a. You know.
11: North Wales meant everything to Marjorie Williams. But just two years after taking it on, her life fell apart when she was wrongly accused of stealing from it in 2011.
6: That the evidence I shall give...
11: Convicted of fraud, she was forced to pay £14,000 and only avoided prison after pleading guilty.
6: I didn't want to go to jail, because I knew my friend mm. Noel had been, and I didn't want to leave my daughter.
1: Oh my gosh, wow. And I
6: thought at least... Um, You know, I'll be coming home,
16: hopefully.
11: More than 700 post office staff were prosecuted for theft and false accounting between 2000 and 2014 in one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in British history. A faulty IT system called Horizon showed up cash shortfalls that didn't exist, but that didn't stop many going to prison. Damien Owen was another giving evidence on day two of an inquiry that'll look at how much the post office knew of the computer problems. He was jailed for eight months after being falsely accused of stealing £25,000. I lost an awful lot of weight. I was in there, what, ten weeks? And in that ten weeks I'd lost four, four and a half stone. It's clear that those who are giving evidence here may never recover from what happened to them. They all still suffer long-term physical or mental health issues but they hope that by reliving their ordeals they may finally get some justice because to date no one has been held accountable. Damien says all he's received from the post office is this one-sided apology letter after his conviction was quashed last year.
7: I want to see convictions, I want to see perjury convictions, I want to see people from the top who have instigated this and known and pushed for convictions. I want
11: to see them face the same kind of treatment Mm -hmm. that they've dealt out to us. It's a scandal that's lasted more than 20 years. It's hoped this will be one of the final chapters.
1: So I've got a trailer for you. They've made a four-part series on the BBC. If you guys, um, um, Britt Baza, if you have a way for us to watch that in the United States, please send it to me. Um, you've got um, British uh, star in there, uh, Toby Jones. And here's the
9: trailer for this. The computer system Post Office spent an arm and a leg on
3: is faulty. No one else has ever reported any problems with Horizon. No one. You're responsible for the loss.
14: I haven't got that money, and I don't know where it's gone.
8: These deficits were most likely
12: caused
11: by you, That is the post office case.
14: All our hopes, all
6: our savings down the pan.
11: That was a lie, actually.
9: We are fighting a war against an enemy owned by the British government. While we're just skint little people.
13: This is about the reputation of the post office. It's not, it's about people's lives, you moron.
9: Finally, 555 of us now. Ready to tell our stories.
14: Mr. Bates versus The Post Office. Coming soon mm. on ITV1 and ITVX. Yeah, that wow. is
1: just, um, and then I think I've got this one here. Um, Toby Jones here and a couple people on uh, playing the real people in Mr. Bates versus The Post Office. Right here? I'll um, this one down here. I have it, oh, it's, it should be one that's up, but I can play it real quick oh. so it's at the top. Okay, it'll be at the top, go ahead. There we go. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. This is just, I mean, my heart is breaking. I know, a thousand people. But I'm so people. glad that it's finally what here. What was but this like, endem- ep- epidemic that they really thought that everybody was stealing from the post office all I, at once, Exactly. All at one time. A thousand people? All, all at one time. What, and th- what it would have been is it would have equaled the greatest conspiracy. Right. And it should have been in the news everywhere, but it wasn't in the news everywhere because right. they knew that they were doing something wrong. Right. So that's the thing that that's what should that sh- wasn't it that was I just one. asked you if this was it. Uh, you, okay, are you in the history there? No, hmm. that's I keep refreshing, so you have to play it again and see if we can pull it up here. Try it one more time. Nope, nope. it's not coming up. All right, which one of these at the it's top would it be? Over there. Nope. Oop, oop. There's Neil.
2: <laughs>
1: nope, not this either. Yes, maybe. Oh, you can play that one. Yeah, she's no, no tears left. It's, and then I it's, can, meanwhile, I can find uh, yeah. the other mm-hmm. <laughs> clip that we're looking for. I mean, and honestly, I don't think you can cover this too much because mm-hmm. this is, I mean, just so it's devastating. The one right to the left of it. Okay, great. Get you big here, lady. I think she's muted. Is she?
14: Mm-hmm. All right one of the victims of the post office scandal uh, now i'm delighted to say we are joined by the former sub postmistress janet skinner janet thank you so much for being uh, on the program this evening thank you for telling us your story so you're a postmistress where were you working in Hull. and was it a you know particular dream of yours to sort of work in a post office how did it come about
13: um, no, it was just by chance. Um, the look, one of the local post offices, um, where I lived, um, on the council, one of the council estates, was advertising for a counter clerk. Um, and it was just to cover the lunch times, so like 10 till two. Um, and so I applied, um, and I got the job that was in 1994. Wow, so, so a job there you are you're
14: in Hull, you applied to a job advert, your mum of two, yeah. and then suddenly,
13: they accuse you of stealing, what happened? Yeah, well, I mean, I worked for them for over 12 years, um, and they basically just held me accountable because I was the postmistress. It was my responsibility to make good what was lost. Wow. How much money was lost?
14: Sorry? How much money, did they
13: say had been lost? It was 50, 59,000, um, they said that, I well, that I was responsible for... Wow. I mean, I just can't get my so, head around how that how
14: that happened, something like that. You know, there you are, doing your job, working hard, trying to provide for your family, and you get accused of being yeah. responsible for that amount of money. Not just accused, but convicted. You were given a nine-month sentence. Mm. You went to jail. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. yes. And it wasn't just any jail. It was the same jail that Rose West was held in. Yes, I mean, um, I just... I mean
13: obviously I didn't know at the time. Um, I served six weeks in um Newall, which is Wakefield, and I served five weeks in Drake Hall. um and then I was when I was released, I was released on um tag. So I had um, I the big black ankle bracelet thing on mm. for up to the end of July of 2007.
14: I and mean, I just can't really get my head around what that must have been like. like. I can't imagine what jail is like. I'm sure that's how you were as well. You know, you've never committed a crime, never done anything wrong, and then suddenly you find yourself in jail. I mean, how how was that?
13: It's just going. Mean, the past few weeks, um, I just don't remember anything, it was a horrendous time, um, I think I just cried that much, Probably didn't have any more tears left to cry, um, they, they had me on the suicide watch wow. and it was just, then I just had to fall, you just have to go with with what you've been given, I had no choice, they weren't just going to let me walk out the door so I had to just adapt to what, where I was to be
1: honest. Okay, you can, you and you can have stop two, that there. You've got two this children. Is, this, How old are and, and, and the problem is really here is technology did this. Exactly. Technology did this, and every single one of these people should sue the pants off of the government somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, couple, two, three, four million dollars because this is, they ruined their lives. This is mental anguish. Right. You know, people get, this is a clash action suit, but the problem is it's not just one person. Yeah, This is a thousand people. Whose lives, I don't care how much money you think you got in the government. You guys have to pay this. You guys have to pay restitution. Yeah. You have to, this company, Fujitsu. See, I'm not sure that it should be the government as much as it should be the company. I think it's because both. Be, And here's why. Because I believe, just from what little we've covered here, it sure looks like the company knew exactly what was going on. Uh-huh. And they allowed these mm-hmm. people to be wrongfully convicted mm-hmm. to cover up their own crimes. Yeah. That makes them a criminal. That's true. So let's listen to this. this is Toby who plays... Um, Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates.
9: They haven't helped me play him very much, but they, they've been great. The computer system Post Office spent an arm and a leg on is
3: faulty. No one else has ever reported any problems with Horizon. No one. You're responsible for the loss.
14: I haven't got that money and i
1: don't
14: know,
11: it know
1: where it's gone it. It, well, no,
11: okay. it's, it's an incredible untold story of uh injustice and uh, and a miscarriage of justice and it was a story i was aware of but i wasn't um i didn't know all the details and so when i read the script i was immediately struck with just how important this story was to tell and how compelling and and tragic and awful and horrifying and and important, it was that we told this story and we got this incredible ordeal out to the general public. Um, I mean, I'm a director that looks for, I love doing true stories and factual dramas, um, but you look for something um, unusual in each choice and this was something truly remarkable.
15: I got a phone call um, from James Strong, the director, saying he was making
7: this and he wanted me to play one of the parts in it, which was a real person. Um, which is different for me. I don't think I've ever played a real person before. Um, And the story of the post office scandal, I'd only heard bits about it. Um, And so I went and looked into it, couldn't believe what I'd found. But also, didn't even scratch the surface to once I started playing the character and understanding what he'd been through um, and what these people had been through and what the post office had put them through.
9: This script revealed to me, you know, the appalling everyday cost of what happened to these people.
1: You can pause the fact there. that I I it's an had absolutely misunderstood. Uh, fascinating story of government overreach. I do believe. That- I want to read this comment here because this is a good question. Was there something the post office employees were involved in, or the state didn't want to get embarrassed by their own glitch in the system, so they persecuted the innocent? Interesting. That's an excellent question there from Good Citizen Reigns. Brit Baza says the post office needs to be renationalized and Fujitsu needs to be sued. Mm-hmm. Fujitsu knew about this computer program uh, faults in 1999. Um, Blair still signed it off into rolling it out across the post office. Tony Blair, right? So that is so they knew what was going on, and they still rolled it out. So the government is responsible, and Fujitsu is responsible. Mm hmm. These people need to literally sue the pants off of these people. I think so. I think. I think. Yeah. This is. This is not something. And I would love to see the royal family come out and and make like it defend make the post office. Apolo- employees. They're, they're not supposed to get political, but they're supposed to talk about things that matter. Yeah. And this matters. You know. Yeah, totally matters. And meet with these families. Yes. Right. Trump would do it. All right, uh, you can um, bring up this uh, little video here of uh, Putin meeting with North Korea. Had their own little Davos, because Putin wasn't allowed, I guess, invited. And I'm going to read this article here. So, North Korea tests exotic underwater nuclear drone, claims it can create a radioactive tsunami. So North Korea says it has tested a nuclear capable, I do not believe them, uh, underwater attack drone, which some analysis have dubbed an exotic system, given there's not much known about it. In response to fresh naval exercises involving the United States of the, uh, uh, off the peninsula, uh, the testing of this system occurred uh, off the country's east coast. Uh, Korean Central news agency on Friday warned of catastrophic consequences for the US and its quote followers oh my given the joint naval drills with South Korea so I believe that they are bluffing I truly do okay you me play this from Putin yeah just I thought you'd play it while I read the it's just him meeting with the north I, I don't get it I don't get Putin that North Korea is a it, it has it has why? What, what, what is the advantage of, of Russia with North Korea? I, I don't quite understand. I think it's like, you know, when you, you meet with a little Christian country because, because they're Christian, they're communists. So, you know, we yeah. used to be communists. I don't, I, don't I don't quite get it. Uh, in Sweden, uh, it feels like something has gone terribly long, wrong. Five Swedish cops are forced to pay a fine to convicted Syrian migrant who brutally attacked them. In a shocking twist, five police officers are being forced to pay a fine to a Syrian migrant who was convicted of severely injuring one of them during riots related to a Quran burning in Easter of 2022. The officers will have to pay a total of uh, 12,000 Swedish kronars, which is about 1,000 euros, from their own pockets to the 45-year-old convicted Syrian who was sentenced to two years and seven months for his role in the riots. The officers have reacted with sheer disbelief. It feels like something has gone terribly wrong in the legal system here. We are there and doing our job, yet individual police officers must be forced to pay out of their own pockets to people that who really wanted us dead. Uh, that is a, a group uh, who is a group leader in a civil suit involving the um, boatker, some the local police area, and is now one of the five police officers ordered to pay court costs for the foreign national. The case stems from the Koran riots, which began in O. Ob- Obro's city park over Easter weekend in 2022. They were preceded by a uh, activist burning a Quran in Sweden, leading to violent riots. The judge in the case is defending the decision to find the police officers saying he is sticking to the letter of the law. I understand if it appears offensive from the police's point of view, but there is no mistake that this has been made. The rules are as they are. The issue of damages was separated into a civil case, and the police withdrew their claims, so they are considered the losing party and must pay. Several police officers were injured so severely by stone-throwing rioters in uh, Svenparken, that they needed emergency care. Mm. Among them was Johan Westberg, who was hospitalized with a severe concussion and hand injuries that were expected to take years to heal. Westberg is one of the officers requesting damages after the 45-year-old Syrian was sentenced to prison for gross sabotage against police operations. The criminal case and the civil case were handled as two separate matters. The Syrian was sentenced to over five years in prison, which was later overturned by the Supreme Court and reduced to two years and seven months. However, the Supreme Court's decision also destroyed the officer's civil case. So, the judges there argue that officers are not entitled to damages in a case of gross sabotage against police operations because it is considered a crime against the state and not against individual police officers. Mm. Based on this finding, the officers had no hope of winning their case, and Westberg and the other police officers in the case therefore withdrew their claims for damages. However, in the procedural code, anyone who withdraws their civil case is considered to have lost the case and must pay the other party's legal fees. This is what happened in this case, resulting in severely injured officers being forced to pay the damages for the Syrian who attacked them. Wow. You're joking. Insane world. Insane world. Speaking of insane world, I got a couple videos out of Ukraine. So, one video is of a woman in Ukraine who is filming a um, graveyard. This is the first video of its kind that I have seen. Do you want me to close, close them out till you get there? That I, I think this is it. There's the one next to it. That's the one. Okay. I think, I don't know if that's it or not. Well, that There's the, two. Okay, but that's the only one from that person that's tweeted. I always okay. look at the who okay. tweeted it, Theo right. Gregory. Then, then that should be it. I haven't seen any videos come out of Ukraine. I cannot, I do not know if this is real, but she is a woman going through this graveyard, supposedly of dead Ukrainian soldiers. This is the first of its kind that I've seen. Probably one of the first of kind that you've seen.
13: Могу ли я це просто зараз пройти? Як і як у когось лізики попрацюють люди? А думаєтесь, воно
1: percent, буде, percent, блядь,
13: в десять раз більше.
1: І це одно із кладбищей
13: Харкова. Дуже багато вуликів город, дуже багато кладбищ. Подивіться. I was
1: shocked, too, by the way, to see this. Are are these real? uh, got to be real. It's it's creepy to look at, she says.
5: She says, have you seen
1: this? Can you see the scale of the tragedy? Well, I'm just... Right, I am just uh, kind of... Very interesting cemetery. (laughs) She says there's a lot of guys buried
5: here. So
1: she's like, she can't even see to the end, she says. I don't know, this end, this if this is real, if these are real graves and these are the real soldiers, um, there's, hell, there's hell to pay um, for Zelensky and the United States. We thought when we were trying to help Ukrainians, that's what, all everybody's flying the Ukrainian flags. Those are the well, Ukrainian flags awkward. flying now. How does that make you feel? She says- So, but a here's dizzy. my question and this is a legitimate question to yeah, be, to fine. be asking right now. Is this a brand new cemetery or is this just a war cemetery? that no, she is I mean the, the point of this video is these are all new soldiers dead that's and she's saying boy these are boys born in 98 93 2001 okay she's she is saying that these are this is all a brand this is a brand new cemetery of okay. brand new that's what that's what this right. video is right, is, is, right, right. Is, is showcasing um that that just in Kirchhoff thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands I said of dead Karkow, Kark- it's Kharkiv. I'm sorry That was my my mistake. So if you scroll up from that video, Michelle, you'll see that they're even now trying to get women interested in joining combat roles. So this is a a training session for for women to see if they would like to be soldiers. Wow. Okay, let's pull that up. So so they've killed all the men, though.
2: They right. killed all. So it looks like they killed it, all it's the men. Looking
1: like that, even though we, for the for a longest time we were like, "Where's all the videos coming out of Ukraine?" And I, and if s- there's a possibility, and this is worth talking about. There's a possibility that the reason why we're not seeing any videos coming out of Ukraine is because it's too shameful, because mm-hmm. there's too much death, because mm-hmm. they're not they're not winning at all, right? So these are civilian women, just having a day, practicing. Some of them. They, they, these are women who would Those like to work regular jobs and have never held a rifle. Mm-hmm. Ukraine is in dire need of more troops and women being encouraged to
13: sign. Up.
1: We don't know what could come next.
14: The war could drag on for years.
1: Some women can also be useful on the front. Women can't be conscripted to join the Ukrainian army yet. Instead, they have to actively enlist if they wish to serve. Two years into Russia's war, women-only training camps uh, started. Army volunteers train in basic firearm skills and urban combat. It helps the women decide if army life could be for them.
13: This one says everyone has a different reason for being here. People are traumatized. Many women come from other cities. There are
1: women who were under occupation.
13: Uh, This unites women, bringing them closer. It's therapy.
1: Those who come to learn, overcome. So there's been a recent jump in women serving in the Ukrainian army. It currently has come some 42,000 female recruits. At least 5,000 women have been deployed to the war's front line. Authorities are looking at new ways to boost troop numbers. New ways. Despite the challenges, these women are determined to fight. Hmm.
2: Of course, it will be very difficult. A girl like me who is a civilian who has no experience
1: and wants to become a combat soldier, I will really need to prove myself well. Hmm. Oh my gosh. So contrast that to this video that I have up of a uh, video coming out of Poland of what a a prom in Poland. It's all the way to the right. Nope. And I believe that this is what all proms should look like. (laughs) You know what it seems like to me? That while the rest of the world is continuing in chaos, Mm -hmm. Poland is like one of those... um, theme park towns that's fake that is just carrying on like um, hello welcome to Poland you know what I mean like they just don't even care that like the whole world is burning in flames well the last one we played last week was Serbia right and now um people are commenting and saying I'm Polish and my prom was also like that we had to learn to dance this is Polonaise all Polish youth that graduate learn this it's a nice tradition <laughs> now for our podcast listeners they're all wearing the same outfit or suit Uh, the the boys have suits and the girls have on giant black skirts and white blouses with ribbons in the back white gloves you know twist a little bit. you know dancing is actually really fun like it's super fun for boys and girls alike it's really really fun and we don't have that anymore like a lot of people would look at this and go oh that's child they go abuse clubbing right it's all sexualized this is right not a sexualized like, but this is like because it's a challenge it's a mental challenge you have to remember the steps right then there's something so beautiful about joining together in a group mm-hmm. doing a thing mm-hmm. and you know what's so great about having a group this big you, you can't really forget like you can always like look out right. the corner of your eye and go okay what's next as long as someone else is remembering the next part um Really it fun. looks so fun to me, and no. it's it's a good, clean fun. It t- clearly, but in America, what well, we talked about. It, I'm going to keep bringing this up. They want to sexualize children, so they sexualize. We had a dance in seventh grade, and it was just hip hop music, and 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 kids shuffling their feet right and left. Right. Okay. They, it's all sexualized. It's no real dancing. There's no actual skill involved. Exactly. Nobody knows how to dance. Nobody yeah. knows how to slow dance. Nobody knows how to do anything. There's waltzing. There's real dances. When you're dancing, dance. Don't shuffle <laughs> your feet. Right? Yes. This is not dancing. It dances and proms. They're not dances. Clubbing is not dancing. Yeah. Hoochie mama dancing ain't dancing. It's oh not gosh. dancing. Okay. It's just it's it's a perverted way of uh it's just and that's why we do world news that's why we do world news oh mr kesterson's in the chat oh we've been here for a minute um okay now going back to the ukraine thing it's far more depressing than Mm. the dancing um so scott says this video has subtle jump cuts could be edited to make it look bigger than it is i think you're talking about the graveyard there the question is this how many were Nazis that were involved in the crimes against humanity? We have confirmed that many of the videos coming out of, quote, Ukraine were staged, shot on sets like the CIA film studios um, in Northeast USA and use AI to manipulate the final video piece. Um, Stuart the Brit says Russia dropped a bomb on a barrack, killed 76 French mercenaries and now France is upset. Mm. Um Scott says, a large percentage of the weapons we transferred to Ukraine were sold on the black market, and the primary buyer was Israel Mossad. Um, Stuart the Brit says, correction, Poland has just elected one of the worst communist weasels in Europe, Tusk, awful little man. Uh, Sherry to the dancing says, it looks nicer too, and it totally does. (laughs) Barry says, Scott, totally, I'm sorry to say, but Biden and the UK and its allies are sending weapons to Nazis for free. My family died in World War II for us to support Nazis. Um, I'm disgusted by it. Sherry says, Barry, we've all been pawns in their little games. And Scott says, the globalists are playing games, shuffling the leaders. Mm -hmm. Stuart the Brit says, in Australia, we had square dancing every week at school. Square dancing isn't just like square dancing. It's any kind of like dancing. So that's Mm -hmm. really, really cool. Um, Ripaza says also my nan was bombed out of th- bombed out 3 times in as many months in the east uh, end of london's blitz of 1941 mm-hmm. so i really am disgusted she had my uncle in arms as a baby when she was bombed out 3 times mm-hmm. in world war 2 wow wow that's crazy all right so I think that that's kind of mostly the show I got a kind of an interesting kind of a funny video I did bring this up if you want to try to bring it up from my history um, Michelle with Ezra Levant the one that mom and I saw watched last night yeah uh, he uh, he's in he's in Switzerland which does I, I know why they go there in winter because it's actually a winter wonderland it's absolutely beautiful It's right there it should be there no need for there WF yeah conspiracy theories at Davos The truth is shocking enough from Ezra. Oh jeez. Okay. From Ezra Levant here. I'm so proud of this man. Like he literally he his and he does it he delivers everything with a smile. Mm-hmm. It's like he has this smile pasted on his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Hang on a second. What? No, nothing. I just I have I have myself all queued up here. Mm. I'm fancy. I have a whole bit shoot thing cuz bit shoot videos don't play well. Mm. Um, so hang on a second let me do this watch watch me go with so I guess he's, I he's going to be walking through the delegations uh, each have buildings okay and uh so he's going to go past the Colombian building in which they're kind of dancing in the window I guess my mom said they tried to get attention So, but mom countries. had given you a time stamp yes but,
8: but I'm not going to start at the beginning
1: you can start at the beginning we'll different countries come with with different it's reasons very gently
8: here in Davos but it's still quite comfortable This is the town where Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum take over. And I really mean take over every aspect of this town for one week a year. The other 51 weeks, it's a gorgeous mountain getaway. I don't know if you can see behind me um, a gondola. There are gondolas all over the place (laughs) on the train ride in from the town. We're staying in closers. We saw people cross-country skiing on the trains. They have ski racks on the trains because there's so many people skiing i joked with our videographer lincoln that they come to ski we come to sleigh. <laughs> a little bit of a pun <laughs> there not very funny um, in fact that the place we're that. staying is sort <laughs> of a bit. ski Good. chalet or, or cabin by someone who lives in zurich And he comes up here every weekend with his family. But this one week a year, he rents it out because there's such an enormous demand for people to stay here. It makes it difficult for independent journalists to come and cover it, which is why we have to crowdfund it. And for that, I'm really thankful to you for chipping in to cover our costs. I want to walk down the promenade slowly and talk to you about the week we've had and and the things that I think we've seen and learned. This is my second visit uh, to Davos. Uh, our team has come uh, a, a time before that, Avi Yamini and, and other journalists. And I think we're getting the hang of it a little bit. We applied for accreditation this year for the this first time. This is what time. I was
1: telling you guys at the start um, of the show. That is, I
8: wrote a letter to the uh, World Economic Forum and I said, look, we're going to be here anyways. Why don't you let us come in and, and frankly talk to us? Even if you're just sending a spin doctor, why don't you tell us if we got our facts wrong? Why don't you... Bring other information to our attention to round out our story. Our motto is telling the other side of the story, and generally that makes us critics and contrarians. But that doesn't mean we don't occasionally get it wrong. And maybe there's another side to the other side of the story. Maybe there's a third side to the story. But they didn't even reply, and um, I think that's part of the mindset here. It reminds me of when a citizen journalist from Japan who told us she was inspired by our work, her name is Masako, lovely young lady, she camped outside a restaurant where Klaus Schwab was having dinner last year. She waited for hours in the cold and snow, and he came out, and she called out to him, and he responded, and she had a question for him, and you know what his first reply was? What outlet are you with? And when Mm. she said, I'm independent, he he sort of, (laughs) ha! a peasant. He didn't quite (laughs) use that word, but that was uh, what his body language said. And he walked away. In other words, his accountability, his responsibility to the world, his requirement to answer questions about public interest matters, in his mind, turned on the status, the class, and perhaps Mm -hmm. even the wealth of the question asker. If Masako had actually been a fancy uh, working for CNN or the Wall Street Journal or one of the other regime journalists who pay to play. Uh, in fact, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it wasn't even that she was a peasant. Maybe it's that she didn't pay Klaus Schwab. Understand that every single company here, every single media company that's on the inside, they paid to be here. Mm-hmm. The World Economic Forum is not a charity. The World Economic Forum is not a government NGO or something. It is a for-profit organization cooked up by Klaus Schwab, who sounds and looks like a supervillain. And I swear to God, it's almost too unbelievable. If it was a Hollywood movie script, people wouldn't believe it because it's so unbelievable. His father was a Nazi industrialist, a factory manager, who went to Germany to help Hitler's war effort he he went to Germany to run a factory and Klaus Schwab himself obviously learned from his father Klaus Schwab was uh, affiliated with the CIA like you could if you were to write this script a Hollywood agent would say it's too on the nose you can't have a super villain looking guy with a German accent who dresses sometimes like a space alien whose father was a Nazi no one will believe you it's just too far That is the truth, and and one of the things I tell our team at Rebel News about conspiracy theories, because there's all sorts of crazy ideas out on the net, and once in a while a conspiracy theory turns out to be true. By the way, most of the time, Jeffrey Epstein is an example of that. Harvey Weinstein is an example of that. But I say to my team, there's so many insane things just lying out there, unreported, that we don't even have to dig hard for. Um, no need to indulge in conspiracy theories. The world is crazy enough, and that's my approach to the World Economic Forum. What this supervillain Klaus Schwab says, and what the other oligarchs he meets with say is so outlandish, and so dangerous. Simply reporting the truth is shocking enough, and um, and I think that has been proven. This last week, we've been here. Why did I I uh, in Davos, in the Switzerland. Winter. It's um, so pretty. It's it's I, ju- I should but just point out really as we walk around again. here now,
2: yeah.
8: how okay. things are shutting down. There were, there are some final panel discussions and final events, but you can see the streets are very empty by comparison. Um, some of the Potemkin Village movie sets are being stripped down and shut down. Uh, the town will revert to its normal state. Nature is healing. The skiers okay. are taking the places. Of the politicians and the lobbyists and the bureaucrats for the past week these cars would have been ticketed and towed police would have swarmed them uh because this entire promenade this is the downtown strip in davos they call it the promenade it was completely taken over um, i could see some people lingering there's the kurdish house i never did get a chance to step into the kurdish house and have it have a cup of tea. I would have liked to, I I regard myself as a fan of the Kurds. I went to Kurdistan a few years ago. That's an unlucky country that I think is, well, it's a a proto-country. They want independence from Iraq and from Turkey, neither of which wants to give it to them. There are some people who come here, like the Kurds, obviously, that are trying to win international support for their causes. I'm not sure how they did. I would have liked to pop in. Um, but enough about the physical plant and the and what's on the ground here in Davos i want to refer to the work we did uh, like i said at the uh, at the beginning of my monologue uh, <laughs> who's that? look at that okay so this is what patrick now i wanted you guys to see
1: the colombians the colombian delegation is still
8: working they're dancing in the window i'm so glad they're here and uh, I wish there were more people on the street to enjoy But then he kind their of Colombian draws dancing. I, I didn't have a chance to pop dancing. in now, they're to the like, Colombian pavilion, but they're doing a so great job. they're not they're, dancing outside. Look at that energy! They're
1: dancing in a storefront.
8: Look at that right? energy! <laughs> Viva Colombia is what I got to say. Now, what Patrick
1: Galler was explaining okay, is it seems up. like um, that some of these countries come in like like rent out storefronts. Yes. Here to get attention, to get attention. attention. Exactly. And so that was what was kind of really funny that that was the Mm -hmm. way that they're effective, effective. But could you imagine being the dancers Mm -hmm. and you're just supposed to dance in the storefront window for how long? Like you and Mm -hmm. I, we used to dance back Mm -hmm. when we were in shape. Mm -hmm. And if you dance for a solid hour, like you are exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, what kind of stamina they had. Yeah. To be able to stand in that storefront. I don't park. know. I don't know. You know, and I'm, get, I'm going to play like one last clip here. Uh, Patriot Gallery. There's a um, <laughs> a British guy. Okay. What? Yeah, no, we're going to play it. It's a good song. It's a great song. I'm not playing that song. Oh, okay, done. I'm darn. not playing the song. Okay, I'm just never mind. playing the clip. Okay. I'm just playing the clip. Uh There's clip? a British guy that does money, and it's up. It's... um. Yeah, but this there's one. this song. She wants you to play the song. Yeah, this but I'm song. not playing that song. Why? I can't I can't handle it. Did you play, listen to it? It's not a British song. It's they played it on the song. show, but I can't. It's a really good song. It hurts my ears. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it with Mom. But what, what's worth playing on the clip then? She was sending you it for the yeah, song. Yeah, no, she didn't. She sent me timestamps. Okay, I don't even see it here. i a bit find it. Yes, it is. Did so, you already have it up? Paul English Live, uh, 020 Banking with Eli James. You have to play the song. Oh nope. my gosh! All the bit shoots that always just play. I don't see it up here. I'm gonna have to go in the history. Is that right? I guess so. Did you I try to pull you it up will. already? Here we go. Let me try to find it here. Oh wait, I'm looking. I'm wrong. playing the song. Please don't, Patriot Gallery. If you're in the chat, you need to send me the timestamp. We are doing it. Playing the song, Leah. All right. So um, I think the first clip is. Um, <sighs> oh I think did. the first. The first part she wanted to, this is an Englishman talking about the wrongs of the Federal Reserve. So 1540. Um, and I think that that's the, I think that that might be the song. So I guess. Uh, yeah, Leah, In the 70s I know your mother. I talked, we, Mom and I listened to this and I'm going to, I would like a poll in the chat. Okay. What, what timestamp? 15 something? 1540. I can't even see these. Oh dear. It's too small. Most My little eyeballs. <laughs> can it's so small! Oh my gosh! How do they expect you? I haven't, okay, I think they have them in the 20s. That's got, that looks like 14. Okay. Okay, here. We're just gonna, let me go down here to my little... Is there no volume? Let's see. Let me go back up. Did you mute it Was I don't it muted? know, Leah. No, I didn't play.
12: If we are a nation of people seeking to manage and govern our own affairs, let which let's work on the basis cheekily that we are, you know, if we are that sort of a people, how are we supposed to do it if an alien force or an alien thinking entity, an entity that thinks completely different to us, has different goals, is in charge of the monetary system that we use? Is it possible to bring about the sort of day-to-day living and life that we want when we have people who are using the most important aspect of our civilization for their benefit at our expense it's just a on one level it's a no-brainer but on another level it's a question that is rarely rarely asked people just don't even know that they could ask that question now when it comes to money there's not too many songs about money But this is one of them. Oh, and I've done it again. You know, I keep doing this, don't I? I One day, one day, Paul, everything will everything will come come right. Apparently, there is a band. I think their name was done. It, but it probably won't. In the seventies, you might remember this. Some of you will remember this. It's a wonderful little brief song about money. Yeah, but somebody you know, like that
13: stuff. It. I've got ninety thousand pounds in my pajamas. <laughs> this is not the song. I've got forty thousand French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira. Now the Deutschmark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing, nothing quite, quite as wonderful <laughs> as money. <laughs> 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 There's nothing quite as wonderful as money. There's
1: nothing like a newly. Okay, what's the other timestamp? Um, I don't think that was over. But, okay, the other timestamp stamp was um, Cute Little Ditty. Did you like that? It day? was a cute little ditty. You says, want me to keep going? 18 minutes. Yeah. Money, 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 money,
2: No, I thought that.
12: Yes, you- and you must learn the words of that and sing them to your children. Do you really hanker for the butchness of a banker? I should jolly well hope not. And uh, you can keep your Marxist ways because it's merely just a phase. Wouldn't we like to think so? The thing about Marxism and communism is that it's funded by capitalism. In fact, uh, communism is the ultimate expression of capitalism because you get the entire nation in debt, the entire nation controlled through income tax and all these other dry, dull, tedious topics that don't excite anyone. And yet, if you look at some of the most disastrous events that have happened in our recent history, such as World War II, I am going to suggest to you strongly that the banking element of it, if you ignore it, you won't understand the nature of the conflict at all. It's impossible to take it into account, Uh, all of the actions that took place there without including banking as part of that scheme. Now, earlier today, uh, just as I was rummaging around thinking, what should we talk about today and all that kind of stuff? Actually, I I like talking about this stuff all the time. That's a a key thing. But um, uh, uh, a good friend contacted me. I'm going to bring him on in a second because I can see he's arrived in the studio and hopefully he's hearing me right now. An old friend. uh, And he he came into the day so late, I didn't even have a chance to put him on the... uh, on the billing stuff, on the, uh, you know, the uh, description of the show. Got the comp- the, right here. Um, it's from uh, a site run by uh, Brother Nathaniel, who well, some of okay, you will you be
1: minute uh, so this aware is, of minute who he is. is he's really a gentleman great. who was born into a Jewish family,
12: which, of course, is synonymous with this. banking, but he's not a bank.
1: There. Okay. Um, minute 32. America was so prosperous, farming without tractors just lands. In the 1800s, the banks were failing for lack of loans, and that's what happened. Um, it's so small. You just you can't make it bigger? No? It doesn't get any bigger for BitChute. It's like really, really hard. I'm going to have to do this. Hang on. We're going to have to come up with a new way to do this. It's just BitChute. It's the only one. I can see it. I can tell. I think it's 38, 36, 34. Yep, I can see it. 32. There you go. Okay. Well, Boom. 34. 32. It's going to have to be enough. I think we're 40 okay. seconds behind, but. Just no. toss it
12: way so that they eat good food and there's a big task ahead for all of us Mm. and they and they can replenish their clothing budgets and they can maintain their houses and and do productive work and life is balanced are harmonious and settled in a way that we all know is possible if that happens the banks effectively go out of business because the requirement to borrow money from them disappears and there was a situation you know in america in the 1800s about, and this is after the Civil War, or so-called Civil War, Um, this would be 1880s, 90s, when they were beginning to really push hard to try and introduce uh, what ultimately became the Federal Reserve. There were situations, basically, there was so much natural prosperity taking place that the big banks in the north, their loan book was drying up. It was drying up because people were actually prosperous you know and I've used this example before let's suppose you were alive then I mean it's better if I illustrate it with you an actual American as opposed to me so you're alive then we say you're in Baltimore you've got a shoe factory and you decide you suddenly realize there's an awful lot of people building up out in the west in California and they all need shoes and you go I'm just the guy for this I'm going to build a shoe factory out there Now, today, what you would be faced with is you go along to the bank and you say, I need X million dollars to build my shoe factory. And they go, yeah, that's lovely. That's fantastic. And they'll lend it to you if they think you're a good chap and all that kind of stuff. And away you go. And then you owe the bank money. And you and your business and all your employees are effectively working for the bank for quite a while. This is with an asset that they didn't even have. They actually created a thin air. So this is literally a parasitical entity. There's no other way to describe it. It's a parasite is banking. And it's draining the energy of everybody. So that's what they would do today. But back then, what was happening is you'd done so well from selling shoes in the Baltimore area, you didn't need to borrow any money. You, you, concept, right. you had piles of cash. You had gold, whatever you'd got. you go, I don't need this. So banks… And you couldn't li- make shoes fast enough. Couldn't make shoes fast enough couldn't Mm. make shoes everybody wanted shoes in this example that's what's going on i mean it might not have been just shoes but there were all sorts of things happening (laughs) right yeah slippers (laughs) any sort of shoes you like to 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 keep it rolling through and um so you you're making them an irrelevant service and they are an irrelevant service you don't need them you know the idea of private banks competing at interest rates is insane it's absolutely mm-hmm. insane um i liken it to like tape measures the the, the way that money is abused is like tape measures the, the manufacturers of tape measures these tape measures for example are used in the building industry to measure beams right and and arch everything you, you've got tape measures it's a fundamental thing okay oh, it might be laser tape measures now but it, you get the idea <laughs> Does that mean that if I use a set of tape measures made by a certain company, that when I've put the very heart, and yet the bank, and yet the bank, because you use the very heart of the mess of your nation, mine, all the Western European nations, and any other nation that has a central bank. The central bank is an abusive, hostile uh, organisation. It absolutely is. It couldn't survive if it were not. And yet you know, and I know, all the guff that spouted out of the TV with regards to the economy. The economy, all of it. A completely artificial right. and bogus creation of drama, which, of course, unfortunately, has real world terrifying effects. It does, absolutely.
4: Well, it goes back to the Bible where, where it says that you shall have equal weights and measures, right? And if you're inflating the money supply constantly, you are changing the value of the, let's just call it a dollar or a shekel. Uh, call it a shekel. Mm-hmm. And if you're changing the value of the shekel from one day to the next, that's not equal weights and, and measures. It's just like the, uh, the, uh, the merchant who has uh, one set of... Uh, it waits for when he's selling stuff, <laughs> Yeah. and another set of waits for when he's buying stuff, right? And those yes. waits are always in his favor. Well, that's forbidden. It is. By our God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? But nevertheless, there are just about, uh, well, more than three quarters of people, and just about everybody in the world is violating that provision by using uh, fiat money.
12: Yes, they are. Which
4: ha- which has no no standard value.
12: Well, the okay. va- I, I, it does, it not as an absolute thing, but in terms of, um, it has value because of the belief that everyone else has in it. That's the thing that we're dealing with, is group agreement. Yeah. In a I huge know it's
4: worthless, you know it's worthless, but they don't know it's worthless, so we keep using it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well,
12: right. okay. I, well, it, it it kind of it's. A, I mean, now we're moving into this strange area, this sort of black magic area with money, where it, it does become mm-hmm. slightly bewildering. I remember um, I've got a book on my shelf here called "The Lost Science of Money" by Stephen Zarlenga, and I've mentioned it here before okay. on the show a couple of months ago. Zarlenga is unfortunately no longer alive, but about mm-hmm. ten or twelve years ago, when I was really looking into gold in a, in a much more detailed way. Because obviously gold has a certain emotional appeal to us. It's historical. It's ancient. It's like in the blood. Um, I had a, a long series of conversations with him, an email exchanges. I spoke to him two or three times on the phone. And he was great. And he, you know, he was very calm. And he said his main point was that money is a creature of law. And I agree with him. The question right. now is, whose law? That's, that's mm-hmm. the question. Is it not? Yeah,
4: any any old law, <laughs> not <the> biblical law. <laughs> not the law. Right?
12: I would agree yeah, with you. Yeah. Not the law. Not the actual mm. law, which describes the actual dynamics of living in truth. But and forbids these, usury. And forbids also. it. Yes. And forbids usury, because the
4: Not biblical law. Not the law. <laughs> right? I, love
12: I would. Agree. About Good the substance. Right. It we're just try it will try it. do. Just roll
1: forward here. To no, what? No, I went too far. No. 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 It's not moving. No, the court
12: well? that would hear it and for so many years and possibly you too i've become a bit blase about it um i don't sort of deliver it with the yeah. same sort of vivid volcanic fury i used to deliver it because i've said it so yeah. many times for the last 25 years yeah. you know it kind yeah. of right. you go a bit sort of bland uh, in the face it. of it it's- and i've noticed this with a lot of people that have been involved in this area for a long time it's literally you you end up sort of kind of slowly getting wound <laughs> ground down by it because, right. no. you you know, you have to sort of keep seeing it from new eyes. The idea that a service company called a bank can create and supply what is supposedly our money
2: yeah. right? when we
12: didn't even ask them to. When no uh, one came fraud. up to me when I was 10 and said, Paul, there's this private company in in england and it goes under the name of bank of england to make you think it is english or something and the government are going to keep pretending that they're in control of it and that's none of that's true are you okay with them supplying you money and keeping you in debt for most of your life (laughs) yeah i'm fine with that that's great carry on this is really good i like struggling against pointless idiotic odds that's what's taking place all the time
4: yeah well it is fraud it's uh, by the way there was a song by ronnie montrose called paper money Oh, which if you, a, if you yeah, want to yeah, songs yeah. about money you have yeah. paper money that's a good one it says it's no it's not worth a, <laughs> it's not worth a shilling right so uh, it's fraud and the uh, the cover up uh, of the uh, economic fraud by politicians by lawyers doctors you name it everybody mm-hmm. who's part of the system will cover it up in fact there was a statement uh, made by the bankers to the extent that well all the people that are part of our system are making so much money off of it they'll never reveal how it works to the public. Yeah. And if uh, and if somebody a member of the public does figure it out we'll just buy him off. Mm. And that's how this system of fractional reserve banking yeah. has been running since the creation of the Bank of England.
12: Mhm. Okay. Bank yeah. of
4: England. Uh, you've got uh, you've they, got the
12: you've got the Brits to thank for fractions. Uh, yeah, right, oh yeah, of course.
4: Well, <laughs> uh, well, it, it involves blackmail and fraud because Does it? they were they, they were using. Uh, am I allowed to say the word horror? Yeah. On a public, a prostitute. You are. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a great horror of the Book of Revelation, yeah, because banksters throughout history. Have always used the services of prostitutes to blackmail anybody, any politician or English lord or king, yes. such as Charles II, yep. to uh, shut them up. Okay. If I've they forgotten don't her want name. To cooperate,
12: I've forgotten her name. Huh? It's in the book by Alexander Del Mar, isn't it? And I've forgotten her oh, name. Oh
4: yeah, yeah, Bar- Barbara Villiers. Bob Barbara That's it. Oh, Barbara I just Villiers. pulled that book You're out by accident. I just pulled down. it out the it other down. day. Yeah, and yeah. it's, a, it it's a, the book, title feet. of the book. I, I it recommend it so to absolutely everybody. It's free. Will,
1: I'm going to take it and um, I'm going to put it in the chat if Mom hasn't already. This is a really good, good episode. These guys are fantastic. Um, they've got a lot of good information here. Um, this this song is from the '80s. It's 1974. Oh my gosh. It's hard for me to listen to rock and roll. You could just bring it up, you know. I can. Yeah, you can just bring up Paper Money, the song. No, it's a remake of it. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Leah, it's a remake. What do you mean? This is the song. That's the real song. Yeah. We're about to play the remake of it where somebody put in all this Federal Reserve stuff. You're not understanding. Oh, I didn't. Mom didn't show me that. Mom just brought up these words. Oh, maybe it is the real song. It's, no, just I, don't the it's song. I don't think it's the real song. Yeah. That okay. is the real song. All right. Then that'll make it easier. So there's there's no remake. Somebody... So this band literally just knew what was up in 1974. <laughs> that's the whole point. No, that's not... That's my, why he well, brought it Patriot up. Patriot Gallery and I did not understand that when we were discussing it yesterday. Yeah, that's why he's like, there's this song, Paper Money. Okay. And... <laughs> Uh, He says, I play the game of a rich boy. I buy everything I can. My bankroll is a foot thick. I'm a wealthy man. A million dollar reserve note is right there in my hand. And I can't stand to think, well, it's all I've got. Take away all my silver, take away all my gold and hand me a stack of paper, paper money, paper money don't hold. No paper money don't hold. Well, you act as though you don't remember the way it all used to be. Now, now one man, he locks up the money. Another man holds the key. You take, uh, and then my car cost me 15 grand. Some say I got a deal. Melt it down. I got a 1,000 pounds of junk, a $10 worth of steel. You're giving away the lyrics that are really fun to listen to when you just listen to them. Well, it's hard to listen to them. I needed I to read fun. them. I I enjoyed it with mom, with Patriot Gallery and I. Is that muted? Hang on. It is muted. It's... Out of thin air, with no gold to back it up. Then the approximate 15 families who own and run the Federal Reserve Bank—not government, but privately owned bank—loan out the fiat money. Well said. I actually, that's my least favorite part.
2: Because there's electric guitar.
14: So so this it, guy who comes out and
13: starts uh, to little, <laughs> little bar gold.
2: cost me 15 grand Some say I got a deal
1: Back then that 15 grand job for like,
2: 10 dollars worth of steel <laughs>
1: Good, Patriot why can't Gallery? they write a new version of that song? I don't know, it's a good question. You know, I'd like to, I'd love to play some Federal Reserve note songs. <laughs> Patriot Gallery says it is a false idol, all men are forced to worship and obey all laws based on this false god and religion. James, who is a DJ, he music. 1974 was a very good year. <laughs> Barry says Michelle and Leah goes further than the Bank of England the worshipful company of goldsmiths actually set up both Wall Street and the UK Stock Exchange they also underwrite the Bank of England mm. I want to hear from you guys in the chat if you like that as much as I enjoyed it I did <laughs> totally loved paper, it paper money don't hold I keep waiting for him to go wow. up that's right That he doesn't go there he just stays here I know he did a little paper bit paper money don't hold right, whatever okay that's the end of the show <laughs> This paper money ain't holding me here any longer. I ain't so, making any paper money on this. So now would be a good time to tell you guys to um, get out. Get out now of the paper dollar. Yes, <laughs> and go to ITM Trading. Trading. 1-866-950-7776. It's the coolest number on the internet. I want Lynette to play that song on her show. Paper money don't hold. I'm going to be singing it all day. Take away all my silver. No, you're not there Take yet. Take away mm-hmm. all my gold. There's like a pause though, you know. Hand me a stack of paper, yeah. It's a million dollar reserve note. Right, like this guy knew what was paper up. Paper money don't hold. Paper money don't hold, and I'm telling you, in 2024, if you are holding paper it money, gonna hold, you buddy. are going to be wishing. I do, here's what you I don't want you guys to, to, hold to do: hold them and know when to throw them. I don't want to be getting emails mm, later this year going, Leah and Michelle, you were right. I should have listened to you. You was right. Now, I don't care if you get into silver and gold, just get out of the paper dollar. But Mm. if you would like to get into silver and gold and you want somebody to help you get out of your 401k or your retirement plan um, and you want to get into God's type retirement Mm. plan and you also are considering getting land or there's different things that you want to do prepping wise, that's what makes ITM trading so unique because they're not just a gold and silver Mm. dealer. They have the wealth shield, and Lynette is constantly talking about how you need to have food, shelter, barterability, and all of the things that the wealth shield entail, and so they will help walk you through that. And yes, they their specialty is antiquities, um, which we should not still have this down here every week, but we do. Um, we just got this for Patriot Gallery for Christmas, mm. okay? This is our very first antiquity that we've ever purchased. We have some that were passed down, um but nothing of this substance okay they specialize in this because that is their belief that it is the safest thing Mm -hmm. to hold okay yeah and so um but they will sell you whatever you feel the most comfortable in buying but they'll also walk you through in a free strategy call yeah what do you want to do what are you looking to achieve right yeah which i I love I don't know where your phone is. So if you want to schedule an appointment with them, you can go to learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks. And there's a Calendly link there. So you can literally set up your appointment without even having to talk to somebody. And then you'll talk to them. But not like, Set up the appointment. I want to tell you a testimony on Vicki and So this week, I don't know if it was a shoveling, some snow. Somehow my back, my upper back hurt in a way that it, I, I literally was trying to. To, to drive Michelle and Uncle Jack to the chiropractor. And I turned, and I twinged, I kept twinging. Everything just hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Something in my back just hurt. And I was like, this is what I say the CBD oil for from Vicky Natale. I save it for these kind of moments. And I, um, I took a dropper full and in 24 hours, I was like, Oh my gosh, how did that happen? Now yeah. I took some turmeric. Okay. Usually it's not going to hit, you know, hit that out of the park. So the turmeric, I guess, mixed with the CBD oil. I have no... I, I literally couldn't get out of bed that day. I was like, something happened. Something really, really hurt. Um, and so I encourage you guys, um, instead of going to the doctor to get pain medication hey, for those... Well, well, don't tell people to go to not... For to pain, the, the medication doctor. that you're going to constantly need on okay. for arthritis and things like that, uh, for... Uh, going to the doctor to get pain medication. Pain medication masks something. The CBD oil actually gets rid of the cause of the pain. Yeah. It's not masking the pain. It's gone. It literally healed the root of the pain. It's gone. It's gone. The pain right. is gone. That's awesome. Okay. And it is expensive. And I recognize it's expensive. I don't use it all the time. And you don't need to use it all the I time. I don't like the word expensive. You know why? Because what that says is it's, it makes it sound like it actually, when something has a value, it's it not is expensive. It's valuable. You're right. It is very, very valuable. Right. She's got to, she's got her own formula of these um, terpenes that literally go right into the problem and heal it and I don't know how it works. Uh, but it may work for you. So I I highly recommend you go go check her out. If you've got if you ever have a, a, a it, you're you're gonna want it you're gonna want it at some point in your arsenal yeah. for pain medication. Um I just needed one dropper full one yeah. time and so it's gone. They also have um, capsules that you can take they've got it for your Your, pets for your pets um it's really a phenomenal product Mm -hmm. and i love it and i don't imagine ever not having it Mm -hmm. like i can't i just absolutely love these products Mm -hmm. um, for the cbd oil and like i said and i've said to you guys thankfully i have um found an amazing chiropractor Mm -hmm. but prior to that even my regular chiropractor Mm -hmm. wasn't really touching the hip pain that I have mm-hmm. had, which I think is a result from me having broken my ankle when mm-hmm. I was 15 years old, yeah, and um, uh, I I Sorry. walk a little bit funny, right? And so, what are you doing? I want to read this, and I told oh, you. It oh, on oh, my phone. oh, no, that's really good. So let me finish. I'm going to end here. with this because it, it's great. W- our it's, show's it's good. going along. It's good. Um, nothing has been able to touch my hip pain mm-hmm. until the cbd oil yeah right and so that's so last know, night huge. we had our um our damn our damn patch revival number two we will actually have one in person hopefully on uh february 10th in oxford indiana so get your plans ready for that and abigail had a worship night at her house and that's why she wasn't able to join us and she sent me this message and i had kind of sent her uh a, a, maybe a challenge that said when you guys are praying you're getting into the spirit Pray about the real issue, the issues in life. Mm. And she sent me this, and I meant to read it last night. I didn't get it last night. I got it after the show, and I told her I would read it on the show tonight. She said, I got a chance to read your uh, beautiful prophetic declarations over uh, the group, and I just felt the spirit so evident through every word you declare that we will allow the spirit to awaken in every area and aspect of our lives. That we will establish places and movement where people can lean learn, uh, lean on us for healing, deliverance, and raising of the dead. That we will speak life over others. And the biggest of all, we will become vessels to be just like him and do things no tongue could tell and no word could begin to conceptualize. I speak life. And I also speak fire and refining that our nation would begin to first hit their knees before rising to their feet, that families would begin to prosper, that no longer would 90% of women believe the lie that birth control pill is just normal and it's beneficial and a way of compromising. I'm praying the Holy Spirit would literally manifest on the faces of husbands, wives, daughters, uncles, grandparents, and the whole family line and its trees no more weak and unsteady men no more uh, to a world overcome by sexualization and corruption we will not back down and i will declare also into existence our rightful heirs as daughters and princesses of his kingdom that in which we bind will be bound on earth and that which we uphold will be will will uh, come to pass and will multiply to overflow I pray Jesus over addictions, over a generation overcome by lies, over anxiety, over broken families, over this wicked strong man called pride. Pride comes before the fall, but I am declaring Jesus before it all. Come on. We no longer will consent. We no longer will be backing down to be an option. I saw the power of God today, and it's not the last time I'll see it. I'm willing to go anywhere, whether that be through prayer or through actual physical places, to declare life, freedom, and repentance and fire. We will burn. And those who aren't willing will not walk through refined. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you know what that means? That means in times I was too tired to worship. I worshiped when I saw a homeless lady. I get out of my car and I offered her prayer. I speak life when fear may feel like the only option. We literally walk into a room and the enemy starts to tremble in fear and despair, knowing it's his time to leave and God is at work. Let's say no to the wasted years, no to the vain hopes. Of the world that passed like chaff before the wind. Let's become David. Let's become an army. And like that wonderful song declares, there's an army rising up to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. It's time to do just that. And the biggest of all, it's time we literally burn with Jesus. I want to get in that fire because I know who's going with me. And that is the armies of God. I ain't got nothing to fear now. So wow, wow, wow. And uh, so she had an awesome revival. And I wanted to read that for you guys because this uh, generation is rising up. Amen. Get excited. Man. Mm. Woo. Hot diggity dog. Mm. She is on fire. And you know, um, last night, that revival that we did here um, on Resistance Chicks with Bards FM, it was five and a half hours long and the power of God fell. And then we got a message from Leah, the other Leah, um, who was in the chat, and she's like, So when's the Dan Patch revival? Mm -hmm. We're looking at plane tickets Mm -hmm. because we've been so touched by just the actual revival online. Her and her mom are thinking we're flying from New Jersey. We want to be there. So I want you guys to consider joining us February 10th. Go to resistancechicks.com. Click on the banner in the upper right hand corner and it'll take you to the Dan Patch revival details. We really want to see you there if you can make it. Don't go selling things and don't go starving this month. What did Tag say? If you can get gas money to get there, he can fill up gas and diesel and he will get you home. That's because he's a farmer. and he's got, He literally said, he said if that, you can get really gas huge. money to get there, he will fill your car up to get you home. Amen. So Chris, who was also there last night, says, God bless you, resistance chicks, for all you do to bring the truth to the world. The time you put in is multiplied and much more fruitful than just in the present. Views over time count even if numbers are changed. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, did you have an email you wanted to read? No, no, not no. that one. Because we've we're we've had time. some really good feedback yeah. from last night and last week yeah, too. a lady had too. a dream. Um, she had a dream. I didn't. I didn't get to get catch the dream all the way, but I'll just read it. Okay. That, Ordinarily, I wouldn't share. She was uh, last night. Uh, she says that uh, interesting that Scott mentioned several times in prayer this morning how profoundly the world would be transformed. So she said the three of us were at the bottom of the driveway. I guess it was Michelle and Scott uh, and uh, Marjorie. It was almost dark. For some reason, only Michelle and I walked, walked up the driveway. I had a feeling that our intention was to walk all the way to the house. But when we got to the school, I asked Michelle if she wanted to go inside. She stepped inside, and it was completely altered. It was beautiful, glowing with a supernatural light. Everything sparkled. The woodwork was incredible. It felt like walking into an ancient cathedral where many people had prayed for hundreds of years or knowing that Jesus stands beside you when you breathe in a beautiful God-created vista. The feeling of absolute love was overpowering. I felt a bolt of electricity enter the top of my head, and Michelle turned to me and hugged me, and she said, This is God. We stood there in awe for a bit. Then I woke up. The holy light and feeling of absolute love lasted for a while before I fell asleep again. Amen. So that wasn't about last night. Marjorie is the um, the one who is building the Bards FM school right there in Oregon down the street from Scott. Mm, okay. So, that's, um, so when she's talking about this school, it's a literal school that's being built. Oh, okay. Right now. Okay, cool. The Cantrell kids went there recently. Um, okay. And prayed over the school, prayed over Marjorie. And she just felt called by God to, I think, you know, sell what she's got and build a school. And now wow. she's donated it to Bard's FM to run for whatever God's gonna use in his awesome. purposes. So it's super cool. Really, really powerful dream there, Marjorie. All right, you guys. We love you. God loves you, God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we will see you um, tomorrow night for Kingdom Round Table. We'll mm-hmm. be streaming that from Resistance Chicks on Rumble. And then on Wednesday for Revelation Red Pill. I think we're on episode 46 now. Mm. Is that right? Or 45? 45. 45. Uh, 45. Six more episodes and we reach episode 50, Mm. which I think is a really great mile marker. Mm -hmm. We might actually do those diplomas at at episode 50. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Did I already say it's not just a conspiracy theory, but it's actually the truth? Mm. I think I did. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. I was
2: called all alone. I home every day, so afraid. But you call my name.